0: All right, they rolled me into the studio today after I ate all that food. Actually, I didn't eat a lot. No, I did a fair amount. It was great. I hope your Thanksgiving week was awesome. Wonderful. And as we talk about, just before we go to air, about the deliciousness, I'll probably slobber over the microphone. Thanks a lot, Super Don. Well, that was probably my fault, not your fault. We had a great show. Monday, we simulcast second hour on brideion.tv. Uh First time guest coming up in hour two. Uh, Emerald Robinson. Uh, she's got... Let's just say she's bold, brave, adventuresome, and she's tackled on. Yeah, I mean, she's in the, been in the White House press corps, and let's see. we got a lot to talk with her about. She also does stuff with Frank speech as well online, but you'll see that in the show notes at robertsgapbell.com. Uh, first hour, though, first-time guest, Meredith Miller is going to join us. Talk about holistic uh, support for those stuck in what we call relationships with, let me say, soci- sociopaths, psychopaths, narcissists, and there's – trying to figure all this stuff out. A lot of people are trapped in it. In fact, we all could be theoretically trapped in it on a broad-based sense, dealing with the Fauci's of the world that claim we must be in lockdown, we must be afraid of everything. Could that be related? We'll talk about that with her. First and foremost, there's a a big uprising in China and there's little or no uh, comment of any consequence from the Biden administration. I mean, they're, they're going to be shooting and killing Chinese people simply for not wanting to be locked in their apartments over a zero COVID policy. Uh, hashtag mask up is trending. Where are all these wimps and wussies? How are they still? Are they bots or these real people that want to have everybody masked up again? We got great questions of the day hormone therapy pellets, myocarditis, can cardio miracle help? There's a lot more to, to do than that, but I'm glad to be here in studio with you share the show robertscottbell.com listen there's the chat room we'll look for you in there questions comments and all kinds of fun frivolity serious healing as well right about now
1: the Robert Scott the Bell Robert Bell show. Scott Bell show <laughs>
0: I I look at these images of protests from China ongoing right now, and I acknowledge something unique and different than what happens when we protest here in the United States for the most part, if we protest at all. We kind of have a protest deficiency syndrome in our own country. Why do I say that? Well, look, the people of China, when they protest, they risk death. They risk being killed. How bad does it have to be? that they would do what you just saw there, throw in barricades, whatever. Uh, reports of, of uh, zero COVID policy, rec- uh, reports of welding doors shut in apartments that end up burning to the ground with no escape. Horrific atrocities don't begin to describe, the words are not adequate to describe what happens in China under the Chinese Communist Party. And this happens, and I got you know, two issues here, primarily. One, we Americans don't know how to protest. Very few of us have ever engaged in anything. Peace. I'm not advocating for violence. That's not what I'm saying. But my gosh, what does it take for Americans who don't risk a lot by protesting other than social ostracization? Can you say it that way? Somebody might look at you and go, oh, I can't believe you did that. Versus China, where they don't shoot you with rubber bullets. They make you disappear or your family, or both. And then we have the effete, if any, response at all from the Biden administration about these protests. Oh, well, we don't want to upset China. Really? They're killing their people in an overt manner and you're not going to say anything about it? And then something else comes in my head when I say that. Oh, wait a second. The United States government Corporate United States, the takeover, the deep state, whatever it is that's in charge, is engaging right now If directly, if not, in, you, descri- you decide on this one, directly or indirectly killing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans with their COVID jab policies. Of course, they still claim that they deny any acknowledgement that the COVID jabs do anything but, you know make butterflies fly out your whatever as opposed to the reality of died suddenly some of you have saw the uh, the documentary already and and we're not protesting anywhere that they put a mandate on i mean look we've seen some protests it's not like we haven't seen them but my gosh how much are Amer- the american people willing to put up with we've seen what happened in canada when you're nice to tyrants Tyrants don't take that as, oh, aren't those people lovely? (laughs) They do not. Yeah, let's give them more stuff. No. When you're nice to tyrants, they look at you as weak and effete. And, of course, then they're willing to run roughshod over whatever rights you thought you had. And by the time you wake up, like in China, it's too late. Look at what happened with the truckers' protest, which we covered, of course, here on this show. And then what happened? You had the prime minister Castro there saying, you know what? We'll just shut down access to their bank accounts. Anybody that's contributed they didn't even have to participate. You contributed money to their cause. We lock you out of your bank account. And now you also hear the world economic forum, the G20 summit and all these things looking to say, hey, how do we implement digital identification numbers across the board? Therefore, de facto vaccine passports and everything else where we can control and modify your behavior based on eliminating your access to things that you need to live. And you say, well, if, we, if we're if we just nice to them, maybe they'll go away. Maybe they'll leave us alone. Or maybe if they even implement digital IDs, which we know where that goes, they won't lock me down because I'll be a good little whatever you want to say. So if I'm answering my own question about why has the Biden administration been limited to no response, because they're participating and engaging in similar behaviors, and I believe they wish they had that power to do what's happening in China to the people of America. And if you think that I'm exaggerating or if I'm I'm, I'm going too extreme on this, I need you to think clearly. Think clearly about where this ends up, because China was the one that in, said to our representative of NIAID, like the second in command behind Fauci at the time, he was heading to Japan. I don't know. I didn't get to cover this on the air and I apologize. I don't have the article linked up, but he was heading. This is early on heading into Japan for another thing for NIAID, H and stuff. And he was diverted before he got on the plane Said, no, no, you're going to China. You've been invited to China. You're going to go in there and expect ground level what's going on in China at the early phase of what they call COVID. And he came back and told Fauci and Burks and Trump at the time, you got to shut this down. You got to lock this down. You got to do what China's doing to contain this. And they did. As much as I have many, you know, many of you are fans of Trump, some of you reluctantly, some of you with. You're seeing some things. There were some horrible things that have occurred that even Trump was engaged and in, involved in. And we are now dealing with the Chinification of America over the COVID timeframe that we've lived through. And many Americans are too afraid to speak up, or they don't even think that they should. It's like, well, this is what they're doing. They're 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 after, They're only out for our own good, right? The greater good. And all of you that don't want to mask up and don't want to get jabbed and don't want to social distance, you're the problem. Now, I'm going to ask my first-hour guest in just a few minutes when we bring her on, Meredith Miller, about that because that's a concept of a Stockholm Syndrome scenario in mass where our own government is abusing us and we're going, thank you, sir, may I have another? Versus protesting and stopping this from going any further. Oh, if we're only nice to them, it will... Like, try to do that with a narcissist. If I'm only nice to them, they'll change their ways. This is happening on a governmental, globalist scale, as well as a domestic terror scale, where it's not the people who are the terrorists, it's the government terrorizing the people with COVID policies that they wish they could implement here that's going on in China. So, Super Don, do you have a clip? Um, uh oh john kirby assistant of the secretary of defense for public affairs is this a, a, a press conference clip you got to play for us
1: this just happened minutes ago
0: okay so there's updated news i don't know let's you,
1: you, we were talking about this before the show and you're like nobody said anything and it's true politico uh, came out with an article talking about how biden hasn't said anything the administration hasn't mm-hmm. said anything none of, the, none of the representatives have said anything they're all kind of keeping a low profile because they don't
0: want to say anything it's going to upset china yeah, well, I, I think it's further than that. They want to be able to do what China does to its citizens. Well,
1: in answer to your question, this uh, was uh, just a few minutes ago at the uh, press conference. It's currently still happening right now.
0: I was hoping, uh, what is the White House's message, the president's message to people in China who are peacefully protesting COVID lockdowns there? And then did the topic of China's zero COVID policy come up
2: in the president's bilateral meeting with President Xi when they met in Indonesia a couple weeks ago?
1: They did talk about COVID uh, and the effect that the pandemic had had around the world. Uh, clearly
0: that came up inside uh, the, the conversation. Uh, I don't know if specifically the zero uh, COVID policy w- was an issue of discussion, but certainly COVID was on the agenda as you might expect that it, it would be. Um, and our our message to peaceful protesters around the world uh, is the same and, and consistent. People should be allowed. Uh, uh, the, the the right to assemble and to peacefully protest policies or laws or dictates that uh, that they take issue with. Does the White House support uh, their, their efforts to sort of regain uh, their personal freedoms in light of these lockdowns? The White House supports the right of peaceful protest. Well, they won't come out and say the right of those to be free from a zero-COVID policy.
1: Do they have the right to not be beaten to death and disappear? Right. Uh, well, uh, well, you know, actually... Uh,
0: yeah, they, I don't know if he talked about that. Uh, <laughs> right? We talked about COVID and its impact on the world.
1: You know, here's we, the thing. Protests are not a a, a a weird thing in China. It's like in a lot of foreign countries. They protest all the time, you know, uh, about different things and stuff like that. But really, the issue here is not whether they should be allowed to protest. It's about whether they should be killed, beaten, yeah. tortured, imprisoned for protesting in, Protests
0: in China are not a common affair because of what, what the results of, of in any way, shape or form standing against a government policy. It is not a normal thing. You, you figure how far it has gone. If they're willing to risk their own death in protest,
1: there was a BBC reporter, a cameraman that got was, mm-hmm. uh, was taken and beaten mm-hmm. uh, as well, you know, in the situation he was just there, they're covering the whole thing. So, but you know, they like I said, they're, they're trying to do politics on this thing because they're trying to become friendly, more friendly with China, and they're yeah. afraid that if they criticize China, then that will uh, that will ruin their chances of uh, being able to go. I hang out in more the more cynical with in my view.
0: I don't know if it's cynical or skeptical or just realistic that if the Biden administration had the opportunity to uh, perpetrate a zero COVID policy, they would. I'm not saying they can, but there was definitely calls for it. Yeah. There were there were
1: there were definitely calls for it, and there have been people that have used China as an example in trying to defend their uh, ideas yeah. of masking and and mandates
0: and things of that, that nature. Going, Look, point. see how
1: good they're doing over there.
0: That's my point of the entire policy, COVID policy, and it started under Trump, even though Trump was reluctant, but he still was basically duped by the Communist Chinese Party, CCP in our policies in America. How disappointing is that, folks, if you're just now waking up to see that? Brownstone Institute is covering it. Chinese rise up against lockdowns that elites have advocated here in the United States. And uh, check out that article. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Also, uh, John Rappaport, our good friend, on his sub stack, this is huge, rebellion in China now, support the protesters. I mean, wh- what else are you going to do? I mean, the thing is, in the past, it would have been an obvious no-brainer whether you're a Democrat or Republican president. You go... We're outraged. We condemn the behavior of the Chinese government in, you know, killing and slaughtering innocents, locking them in their homes, welding their doors shut because of a zero COVID policy. But it tells me the complicitness of those elites in America in government or media. uh, They would desire this for themselves as those that participate with the World Economic Forum, the G20 with the ideas that we must lock down, shut down, have digital identifications, etc., and as we bridge the gap between a globalist Stockholm syndrome and an individual Stockholm syndrome, as was, you know, dealing with narcissists, for instance, we have a very special guest joining us for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell show. She's got her own website, innerintegration.com, innerintegration.com. And she's got a rumble page. She has a sub stack as well. We'll link it all up and we'll learn from her this hour. And her experience let's welcome to the robert Bell show meredith miller hello meredith hi welcome to the show now uh, we were talking a little bit before we got on the air about the global perspective on how you know being nice to tyrants it's not a good strategy if you want to have freedom but about that on an interpersonal level being nice to narcissists in a sense similar strategy that's doomed to fail If you can bridge the gap, I know on your website it says bridging the gap between trauma and purpose, but bridging the gap between what we're experiencing almost collectively, even though ultimately expresses individually, with the COVID policies and the lockdowns and the shutdowns and the fear-mongering of our government and, and media and medicine, all of that, and then we'll tie it into those interpersonal relationships that you know so well from your experience.
3: Yeah unfortunately compliance does not lead to the end of abuse and you were talking about being nice to tyrants and the same kind of thing will happen in all abusive relationships where it will seem like that's the easy way out but really it's only a temporary reprieve from the abuse and the intermittent reinforcement because that's the abuse cycle is it cycles between some kind of reinforcement a positive reinforcement and a negative so the abuser knows, this is part of the Stockholm Syndrome, they call it a perceived act of kindness. It's one of the four parameters. The abuser knows, even if they don't know consciously, they understand at some level that they have to offer the target, the victim, some kinds of act of, of kindness. It could be promises of safety and security. It could be giving of resources. It could be something, you know, for example, in, in society, we saw the free vaccine. We saw these this government stimulus money. We saw relief from home mortgages and student loan payments. And so what happens is this causes a person to trust the abuser. It causes the person to relax their guard. Mm-hmm. And it will also be used to get a person back in. So let's say the person starts to distance themselves from the abuser. They will use the perceived act of kindness to reel mm-hmm. the person back in. And that intermittent reinforcement causes cognitive dissonance. Ooh. So. A a person will have both this idea of this person is abusive, but this is the love of my life, or this is my mother, or this is my government. Of course they Mm -hmm. care about us, right? And so the person, what happens the brain as a survival mechanism, the brain wants to think of the good times and those good moments, or we want to get back to normal in society. And that intermittent reinforcement causes a person to work harder, invest more, and develop an almost obsession with Mm -hmm. compliance, for that occasional reward that they get.
0: Meredith, you know, speaking of of that governmental and globalist level of this abuse, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve was the starting point. We can just get through this. You know, it's like an appeal to be nice. We're not going to, is not permanent. We will be all right. And then it extends, extends, extends. And then as you point out, then they brought in other things to incentivize, just comply with what we're saying and you'll be free again, right? Get the shot. Everybody will be free again. We, we'll, we'll grant you a special pass, a, a passport. Um, you know, if you just comply, don't wear the mask. And, of course, they got what? The general public, in a sense, certain aspects or significant percentages of the general public. If you drop that mask, you would be shunned, outlawed even, and, and you know, I guess shamed into compliance or beaten into compliance. I mean, there was even violence done on people simply because they had a different perception and belief about how to move about the earth cabin, the American cabin without encumbrance. Uh, so incentivizing, I see this very similar, if not identical to the interpersonal abuses that happen if somebody's stuck in a relationship with an abuser, a narcissist, sociopath, psychopath, these are all, I guess, variations of, of a similar thing, some more extreme than others. And, and you have quite a history yourself. Maybe you could share a little bit about your journey to recognize what you're recognizing and why you're going out to the world with this, with this message.
3: I grew up in a family system like this, unfortunately. This tends to be a transgenerational legacy, meaning it gets passed down from generation to generation until someone stands up, realizes what's happening, and decides it ends with me. And so that's what happened in my family. But those are the really hard relationships to see because it's family. We are deeply programmed for survival, to bond with our family, and to allow everything that's happening. So usually what happens to people that I've noticed in my clients, and I also saw in myself, we get into some adult relationship that's abusive. And that, for some reason, is what wakes us up. Somehow we discover these keyword terms, narcissist, psychopath, narcissistic abuse, whatever the keyword term happened to be. And then we start to discover more about it. We realize there were multiple relationships like this. And eventually, over time, we start to be able to face, did this happen in the family? Is that how I grew up? And I think it's probably very difficult for people to see this in the government because the government is a lot like you know, the authority figure. It's kind of like the mom and dad. And so oftentimes, a person's relationship or the dynamics that took place in their family is a similar kind of dynamic that a person will have with their government. And that can be deeply, deeply traumatizing and difficult to recognize. Hmm. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people say, well, well, how do we wake these people up? Or I have a loved one in an abusive relationship. How do I wake them up? You can't wake them up. And that's the hardest part. People have to wake up on their own. And that usually comes in the form of a spontaneous frying pan to the head kind of moment. It's some Hmm. disruptive truth that suddenly shocks the person and they can't unsee it.
0: Well, and, and this is a difficult subject for many, many reasons. Because, as you said, it's often familial and generational, transgenerational. Now, I, I've you know witnessed some of these things, and I'm I'm more inclined to feature people that have uh, come through abuse and decided it stops with me. I'm not going to repeat the pattern. And it seems like there there that option exists. I don't know percentage wise how many people fall into the repetition and just do the same thing to the next generation versus. This is disgusting. I cannot do this. I am going out like you have experienced this, Meredith, and you've chosen to 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 do a different different path. In fact, you've taken your knowledge and experience from being within those abusive relationships, dealing with narcissists, and to turn that into a, a, you know an assist to give people an opportunity to to learn what you've learned and to get out of it and to create a better life for themselves. So you mentioned, and we were talking with Super Don beforehand about that, that it's very rare that anybody breaks the cycle of, for instance, narcissism, unless as you pointed out to me earlier, it's very mild. It's You're not totally entrenched in it. And you pointed out that being hit in the head with a two by four, something serious would have to happen to wake someone like that up. And it does occur. I give the possibility of that, but in certain circumstances, or maybe most, would you say that people die In that narcissistic state, they never change?
3: It's very likely that people take it to the grave. And also for the flip side, the victim, the target, or the codependent type of personality who keeps repeating this in in other abusive relationships, quite often people don't wake up. Quite often people end up, if I work with clients who've been in these relationships for multiple decades, they have multiple chronic illnesses and they still haven't woken up to realize what's going on most people take it to the grave. And so it's amazing when people do realize what's going on, especially in the case of the more covert kinds of abuse, because it's so much more difficult to recognize. It's very easy to see the more overt kinds of abuse, the more obvious types, but when it's very hidden and disguised as for your good or because we care, it's so hard to see that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Again, this is a challenging topic. We've covered it some over the years. In fact. I mentioned to you a a dear friend of mine, Joni Abbott from Homegrown Health, who had overcome a relationship like that in her marriage. And it wasn't over the moment she got a divorce or asked for a divorce. I mean, there was a lot of years of struggle and and breaking cycles and patterns that are so deeply enmeshed that you, you, you you think you saw it all and found it all. And then you find another layer that's playing out in your life even after you end that relationship. Is that something you can help people to identify to break even if they've broken free by the time they come to see you?
3: Yes, because that's not the end of the captivity. So oftentimes people assume that once you leave the abuser, that means you're healed and it's over. And unfortunately, it's not. And a person will keep falling into those kinds of situations without realizing it. So it's really important to break that cycle. It's a neurological programming that took place. So if this started in childhood, a person got programmed since they were very young, their entire nervous system is programmed to recognize that as love and home which is why when they meet another abuser, their nervous system feels the familiarity of that and leans into that. And a person can know so much about it. They can know almost everything there is to know about it. But at a neuro, that's a conscious brain thing. At a neurological and subconscious level, a person can fall back into that. It's almost like a neurological betrayal. And so this is the part where the person needs to become more and more vigilant. And I talk about self-responsibility as our empowerment. That's the shift out of the victimhood state into the survivor state is grabbing the reins of your destiny taking responsibility over your thoughts your words your decisions your behaviors and recognizing why am i doing that why am i choosing that is that really my choice
0: yeah we're talking with meredith miller first-time guest on the robert scott bell show i can tell she's been through it and she sees it and is has basically made the kind of information that some will get acquire from books but you can never get it as deeply as when you experience it the way she has. And and we'll get a little bit more of the backstory, her website, inner, I N N E R inner integration.com. She also has a rumble page and I'm looking at uh, some of the video titles uh, about perceived life threats, perceived act of kindness. These are all related as you said, to the Stockholm syndrome. You got four of them up there Uh, going into the number one red flag of abuse by government and media. Boy, do we need more of that information getting out there for people to wake up. And also, maybe breaking break the cycle of what you acknowledge that people are driven into cognitive dissonance by this abusive relationship. You're yo-yoed into, oh, well, it'll be okay. They're, they're really still out for our good. And you forget because as you point out, you'd like to think of the good times, not the bad. And uh, boy, oh boy, are we in a, uh, I guess, a transformation of consciousness, potential experience. I say en masse, even though we only get there individually because of what we've been through on a global scale under the COVID, uh, you know, uh, authoritarians, let's just put it that way. Those that maybe even if they meant well, it's lost in their desire to have complete and utter and total control over us through manipulation, deception, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's a hard thing to wake up to because it means that, well, our egos are going to be taking a little bit of a hit because we got we got fooled. we We fell for it. Right, And, and I, I think that people coming out of these narcissistic relationships also have to take a, how did I fall for this? I, I, I thought I was smarter than that. I thought I was better. On and on it goes. And yet there's a point where we have to get beyond that, the hurt to ego, and realize it's much more dangerous to stay in it for the protection of the ego than to let the ego be bruised for a while and break free and then work on the, the various uh, what we call programs that have been uh, entrenched and, and, and adopted. Again, our victim state of consciousness that never seems to go away.
3: That's correct. And that cognitive dissonance that you mentioned, the way out of that is to relentlessly face the truth. So let's say a person is suddenly waking up and realizing they're in an abusive relationship. They don't know what to do. I recommend they write a sobriety list. And that's everything like bullet pointed list that they can think of everything that person did that was abusive, manipulative. That way, every time the person's mind wants to go to the fantasy and the illusion and the good times, they force themselves to read this list and it shocks the brain back into reality. And so someone can do this sort of thing if they're still trying to break through the cognitive dissonance on what's happening in the world as well. Eventually, over time of forcing yourself to face the truth like that, spontaneously that cognitive dissonance will dissolve.
0: Well, these are the tips I'd love for people to put into play here. And uh, for those of you who are finding yourself kind of awakening slowly, but surely to some of these abusive relationships globally and interpersonally, uh, perhaps you want to check out innerintegration.com with Meredith Miller and you do what consultations by a remote you help you coaching
3: on zoom okay. and, and phone.
0: Okay. And, and I imagine, you know, the patterns that you've seen emerge. or is it hard to find something that surprises you anymore?
3: Nowadays, yes, because the interesting thing is the pattern is the same. You know, every relationship is unique. Every human is unique. However, when you look at the patterns, they're the same around the world. It doesn't matter what gender, what socioeconomic status, what race, what country, what culture. It's uncanny how similar those patterns are.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think that uh, we, f- we fight that which we don't want to acknowledge often. And I, I imagine the pe- people that reach out to you, Meredith, are, have been through a lot and they're ready, or more ready than and ever, or else they would never reach out and say, hey, help me with this. Uh, and is it a matter of so much abuse that you cannot even tolerate being in cognitive dissonance anymore, whether it be physical, emotional, or otherwise? What is it for everybody? Or is everybody's, let's say, up to here, I've had it up to here, their levels for tolerance of that is is different?
3: I would say everyone's threshold is unique. And that spontaneous moment of the disruptive truth is unique to each individual, but it's some event that happened that for them was the last straw. Mm -hmm. They could no longer unsee what they saw.
0: Gotcha. Well, and that's why I see, man, I've said this, and this is maybe a little bit controversial when it comes to the abusive relationships that we see and witness and deal with, uh, whether it be psychological, emotional, physical, sexual abuse, all of these things, that so many people go through this it's not a isolated thing once in a while you I mean this is like so almost endemic to the human experience which is hard to acknowledge I don't even like to say it uh, at, at the same time what does it take for us to strengthen our resolve to do better to be better to you know to break cycles like this and very often it is that level of abuse to shake us out of I say bad thoughts, wrong thoughts, patterns of behavior that don't suit us or others. And yet I can look back on my own life and uh, my experience, I was abused by doctors, but not even overt. It's sort of like this is what we're trained to do. Here's a drug, have some surgery, have some more drugs, take these shots, and recognizing that even if they meant well, because you know, it's possible, I, I guess, that the abuser is not even aware that he or she is an abuser, that they just do what they do unconsciously and they have no idea when you confront them. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or is it an adaptation to acknowledge that they do know and they're so crafty that they switch on a dime and then go, oh, no, it's, it's really you. I'll gaslight you. And so, see, this wasn't what happened the way you thought it was. And you begin to doubt your own experience.
3: I think there's both types. There are those who are unaware of what they do and those who are fully cognizant of what they're doing. Mm. Um, This is something that HG Tudor describes on on YouTube. He's a self-proclaimed narcissistic sociopath, he calls himself, Mm. and he calls this the lesser narcissist and the elite narcissist. And it's really shocking how many of them have no idea what they're doing. It's more of a self-preservation instinct. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that they learned. It's how they grew up. Like I said, it goes one of two directions. Either you repeat the same abuse that happened to you and you put it outside yourself or you internalize it and you draw in this kind of person who continues to mistreat you.
0: Mm. When I mentioned being abused by medicine and doctors, I also acknowledge and recognize now that I didn't know then that they were playing out the abuse that was heaped on them to get through medical school. Absolute hazing. Uh, we've talked about the Flexner Report putting pharmaceutical horse blinders on them, how they're programmed to believe anything outside of their training is quackery or whatever term they use to denigrate anybody who would do anything more holistic, body, mind, spirit related. And, and so in, in the most, most part, I would say, and it's hard for me to quantify it exactly, the doctors are just doing what they're trained to do. Now, yes, there are some authoritarian abusers within the medical field. It's true of any field. But the uh, programming and training led them to look at every disease, every symptom, every emotion, potentially, as a deficiency of something that they can write a prescription for. And I realized it was abusing my body to do that because it's toxic poison. And so this isn't an accusation that all doctors are evil, but I recognize that your training Will manifest in a certain way that is not conducive to healing, but is more conducive to abuse of the body, even if they're not intending to do it.
3: Yeah. And I think that's become more clear nowadays with you know the abuses that we're seeing in medicine, in science, even in academic research. And when doctors are being censored, you know, you have a small group of doctors trying to talk about what they're seeing, they've mm-hmm. awakened from that. Mass that everybody else is in and they're censored, they're smeared, they're silenced. That's when we know that's the big key that abuse is going on is that information is being censored.
0: All right. A little bit more. I'm curious about your backstory on your page, uh, in your history. You talked about uh, beginning in the year 2000 with a severe illness and then a near death experience in 2003, which led you to pursue this new direction. I mean, that's an extreme, let's say, experience you nearly die. I don't know about your NDE. I've had one. I've talked about it on the air when I was in sixth grade, and it certainly reinforced some things I was suspicious of in terms of life and reality and life beyond this life. It certainly helped me uh, moving forward, even though I had a lot of things to go through. But beyond that, um, tell me a little bit about your illness or, or, or challenge there and also the NDE and how it changed you.
3: When I graduated college, I suddenly got really sick and I didn't understand what was going on I had a similar experience of abuse with doctors, but I didn't want to take the medications. I didn't want to do the things they said. And after a few months, they finally said, Well, it's all in your mind. Mm-hmm. And they tried to tell me that's what it was. But it turns out it looks like it was non Hodgkin's lymphoma. I wouldn't let them cut me open. I found this person who taught me the macrobiotic diet and I started finding holistic healing. And so then eventually I had that near death experience. And that was like, and that was the first wake up call I was getting sick, but I didn't wake up fully. Mm-hmm. I, I started getting on board the near-death experience came and that was like the universe <laughs> shaking me to wake up. And I was unharmed. I feel like I made an agreement when I came back, it was a car accident. I was completely untouched. And I feel like I made the agreement that if I came back, I had to be unharmed and that I would be changing my mission. I would be completely mm-hmm. changing my life. So I quit teaching. I quit a lot of things that you know were going on in my life. I had divorced my husband and I started to make these changes in my life, but I was still very much in the dark for several years after that, you know, the proverbial dark night of the soul is not really a night. It could be years and years.
0: Yes. So I imagine that many of the relationship you had, even with family had to either change or just get cut off because, you know, when you have an awakening or transformation like that, you suddenly don't play the same relationship games that they're used to. They help, they hold you in a box and say, this is who you are, Meredith. This is what we expect in our interaction with you. And suddenly you're not going down that abuse road anymore. That had to be a shocker for those that you knew at the time. And I, I just wonder in your journey, has has there been any reconciliation with those you had to disconnect from or is they are they, as you say, most of them who were in that narcissistic abuse road, they haven't changed at all?
3: Yeah, unfortunately it took me many more years to figure this out, so I didn't immediately start setting those boundaries with everyone. And what happened is because I'd gotten out of that abusive marriage, I went back to my family seeking some sort of support. And that's what often happens with victims of abuse is they feel completely unsupported. It's very hard to heal if you don't have that social connection because we are mammals. So the mammalian part of our brain seeks social bonding for a sense of safety. And this is really unfortunate when a person goes back to a source of unsafety, hoping that it's safety. So I went through this repetition cycle so many more times. It's almost embarrassing to admit. But then, yes, once I did start setting finally the boundaries, started changing those relationships, started cutting off most of those relationships. And the tough part is that when you're dealing with an abusive system, like a family, like society you usually end up having to set the same boundaries with the abuser as with their enablers. And the enablers are the ones who make that abusive system continue to function because the abuser wouldn't actually have that power if not for Mm -hmm. everybody around them. And so I basically had to end up distancing myself for most of the family. And, and unfortunately, you know, my dad being the codependent one, um, he eventually died uh, about a year and a half ago. And we had a little bit of a relationship at the end, which I'm grateful for, but I wasn't able to see him because he told me that he wouldn't see me unless I would see my mother as well. So sometimes, you know, those kinds of the the collateral damage of those right. relationships.
0: Yeah. I, I'd like to bring in Super Don right now because my humble and lovable producer wasn't always so humble and lovable. Apparently he tells us before we went to air about his experience and You know, Super D, you have a unique perspective on the abusers that we've talked about, the skeptics, so to speak. They throw out things at us and our friends uh, without mercy. And you you understand them because, and you've said, I remember you saying that because you were one of them, sort of. And maybe you can explain that and break in that cycle, you know, of of that so-called narcissism.
1: Well, this is kind of personal, but it's something that I acknowledge. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that I have the ability to be able to talk about it now Mm -hmm. Um, because there was a time where I was, I was really not in, uh, I, how do I say this? I wasn't that I was a, wasn't a nice guy, but I, I, uh, I wore a mask a lot in in the things that I did. And, um, I had a bit of a narcissistic twist to my personality (laughs) and, um, you know, it wasn't anything that was physical or anything like that, but you know, I used to, I manipulated people in my life. Hmm. and i didn't realize. you know the thing is and i like what, what meredith was saying earlier that you know a lot of times probably most of the time at least i don't i actually i don't know maybe i'm misquoting but you know let's say a certain period amount of, of these people that have these traits don't realize that they have them
0: well it's you were one that situation. you weren't aware of what you were engaged
1: Dude, in. you know what Like i mean I, i've got a long history of my life and, and a childhood that wasn't great and and so it, it really had an impact on me and my my behaviors and my way of, of, um, feeling like I needed to manipulate everybody around me in order to make me feel safe and make me feel comfortable. Right. You know, to, and it was like an overcompensation type of thing from a, from a, a lousy childhood that I had, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm just speculating, but
0: well, it's a deep
1: level of, of as a Gen Xer, you know, we don't go to therapy. We just kind of just <laughs> rub some dirt like on it, that. and we just keep right. going, you know. Yeah. So I have never really addressed it, but hmm. uh, you know, the life, you know, I it 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 kind of uh, self-corrected. That's the
0: way it did. Like Meredith said, you know, I, I take it the two by four to the head, um, and yeah, that not literally,
1: but but yeah. rhetorically speaking, yeah, I yeah. mean that's what it took. It took, you know, that my my world and my life just completely crashing down around me, and it 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 prompted me to, to sit down for a minute and and kind of step outside of myself and reflect on who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And why are these people around me reacting the way that they are? Cause to me in my head, it drove me nuts. Cause I didn't understand. I didn't, no. it just didn't make any sense to me. What, what I'm not doing anything wrong. I've done nothing wrong. You know, I'm just trying to explain to you how you're doing things wrong, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Hmm. And it, it finally took, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, it just it it took a number of people kicking me in the in the teeth, you know, mm-hmm. for me to sit there and go, wait a minute, who am I? Who now, am did I you- to tell anybody else that they're wrong or what they're doing
0: is wrong? So like, I'm not even looking at what I'm doing wrong, right? The people that kick you in the teeth. I mean, you had to I imagine care about them and love them so of much. Of course. You absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that's what it took. And it was right. gut wrenching. There it was, I mean many nights sitting in a carport in the dark at night, you know, just sitting there just doing nothing but just think about myself and and examining myself and then unraveling that in my head and going, "Wow, you know, and going back years and just looking at it and going, "Wow, look at this, you know and connecting the dots and looking at it from a different perspective and going, "Wow, holy cow and there were a lot of- amends that I had to make in that situation um and so. Yeah. So now I can look at other people <laughs> yeah, and I can, can go, that you. was me. Yeah. You know, I know exactly what you're thinking and why you do it and all that kind of stuff, you know, not, not bragging, but it, it gives you a different lens to look through.
0: So, so you have narcissist radar now. You can pick them out immediately.
1: I do, but I avoid it, you know, because I just, you know, just like everybody else, you can't stand to be around people like that, you know, mm-hmm. because you see, you can see through them. You can see what's going on. And it's like, why waste your time on on, on stuff like that, you know?
0: Meredith, but, this is a, a fascinating and important topic. But I, as Super D is coming out with some of his experience there as it relates to to what you've also witnessed. And I, I think, it, you know, it's fascinating because people love Super Don, my producer. He's like more popular than I am. How did this happen? I think, you know, I look at this experience that you're saying. You come out of something that is so horrific in a sense, although maybe not the worst of the worst if you talk about degrees of this stuff. Uh, but to be sensitive enough to say, shoot, I don't want to do that ever again. I don't want to be like that. And I imagine that's impacted you since since then every day. Well, you know, the mantra you know for me is is
1: I'm no better than anybody else. Period. I am. I'm no. I'm no better than than anybody. You know, mm. I, I I'm me, and I need to I need to worry about me. You know, and if I make myself as good as I can be, then, then, you know, that is going to have a positive impact on other people. And that's what I'd rather do rather than trying to figure out how to make other people be better for me. Well, you know, (laughs) I I got to be good for me first, you know,
0: I think you're super. And I don't know if it's narcissistic of me to say that, but I think you're super Don for a reason. And the things you've experienced and things that have made you, you are so valuable to us all here and why people love you and appreciate you. Meredith, again, fascinating discussion. This brings up And, uh, you know, I appreciate your insights there. And I think, I don't know if you've encountered someone like a super Don and and what he's gone through to break through that cycle.
3: I actually haven't, but that's a great story because it's a sign of someone who still has a conscience, you know, narcissism and psychopathy. These are like, we call Mm -hmm. them maybe continuum, right? And so if someone has just a few traits, like Don, he was able to see himself. He was able to look at himself and say, wow, look at the impact I'm having on people. I don't want to be like that. That's a sign of a functioning conscience. Unfortunately, a lot of people are so far down that continuum that their conscience doesn't function. I think it's actually more of a spiritual disorder than a psychological disorder because it's a disorder of the conscience. Those would be people who cannot look at themselves, who cannot possibly imagine that they're the cause of the disruption and and the discord in these relationships and the devastation that's being caused in other people's lives.
0: Hmm. Well, I I love that, uh, Super D, you're willing to share that story a little bit. You know, I know there's a lot more behind the scenes, but still. um,
1: Well, it's not necessary really, but it's, you know, it's just, you know, the the bottom line is that, um, you know, sometimes, like, this is my life, dude. You know, we've talked about things that we've experienced in life and some people, they just need to like run face first into parked cars enough times (laughs) that they suddenly get things, you know, it's just like, Oh, okay. I get it now. And that, you know, that, that was one where, you know, that's what it took. And so. I guess, you know, the the, the other thought process that, that came up in, in listening to this conversation is that, you know, you're right. Most of the time I could see how trying to convince a narcissist that they need help would be like talking to a rock because a narcissist doesn't need help, right? You know, according to the, I don't, what do you mean I need help? Yeah, you need help. You know, everybody else needs help. I don't need help. So I can imagine how that would be a hard nut to crack, right? but there are some out there that, 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 that can be helped. And so while I, I say that, you know, when you're in a, a, a abusive relationship, obviously you need to take those, those people apart from each other because it's toxic and that, that cannot be. But at the same time, let's not completely abandon the other person in the equation because there is at least a chance. Cause well, they're you're, human you're, too. They're human too. And, and you know, like, like with me, I had no freaking idea. I had no idea, you know? And so I don't know what it would take for most people other than a two-by-four, like you were talking about, to get that. I mean, we don't encourage people hitting people with two-by-fours, but...
0: No, let's let spirit do that. Guide us Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're living proof, for example, that it can be done. At the same time, I know you're not encouraging people to stick it out and stay in those relationships. No, no, no,
1: no, no. Sometimes
0: the... Only possibility then it becomes a, a
1: codependent relationship yeah. which isn't good for anybody
0: and perhaps the only possibility for a narcissist at varying degrees probably not as severe as some uh, to break free of that is to break them of the you know abuse cycle another the abused has to leave and maybe they'll self-reflect or the threat of a uh, genuine one and Meredith there's so much more we could talk about and there's no way we'll cover the whole subject but I'm if somebody has heard you speaking and says gosh Meredith I want I need your help right somebody says I, I want to reach out to you coaching or whatever it is, or maybe you're at an event you're speaking, how do people reach you?
3: They usually find my website. They usually either book a session or contact me on there with a question.
0: But most people have
3: found, what's
0: that? It's easy as that. Just go to your website, send it like a message.
3: Yeah. So I don't, I don't just respond to people and answer all their questions, but if they have a question about working with me, they could ask me about that. Usually people just book a session and then we work together.
0: All right. Do you have any upcoming events where you're speaking in, 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 a, in a conference or anything like that?
3: No, I'm just doing lately most of these kinds of interviews on the internet.
0: Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate what you're doing. We need more. And I probably, you agree, you need more of you. You can't do enough to help people. There's not enough of any of us to, to, to give all the help that's needed. But um, if people want to learn how to do what you do, that's another question
3: how to learn, how to coach people you, who've been in these relationships.
0: Yeah. Maybe they've come through this and now they say, I want to dedicate my life to make these corrections like you are.
3: Yeah. It would be great if there's more therapists who understand this, because unfortunately they're not taught about this. I've actually had some clients who are therapists that said they never learned this in their programs. And this is not just in America. It's in some other mm-hmm. countries too. Yeah. So it'd be great if they could get taught how to train people to heal from these relationships. And I think the most effective therapists and coaches in that field are those who have experienced it themselves because it's so hard to understand from a textbook, just from what someone else tells you if you haven't lived it.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to encourage people to go to support groups where they uh, strengthen a victim mentality either. Right. Correct. So that's what I'm saying. Someone who's been through that, it's not going to drive people into a permanent state of victim consciousness based on what they've come out of. So there's not a school per se that's going. This is this is the school of how to get beyond all of these isms, narcissism, et cetera.
3: Unfortunately, no. And you're right; those the support groups are often more of like a co uh, like a commiseration okay. kind of thing, and keeping people stuck in the victimization. And the core of my work has always been the self responsibility piece because that's how you get from the victimhood state beyond to the rest of your life. That's your mm-hmm. empowerment. Is your self responsibility?
0: Yeah. Well, Meredith, God bless you for the work you're doing. Uh, I appreciate so much that, uh, you know, you've come through this as well, that you're now taking your life and making it better for others to come through this, those that are ready. And uh, just I I get the depth of what you've been through in a sense by what you're communicating that you really know the subject matter and are able to help people. So uh, if there's anything we can do to help get the word out beyond this interview, or if you want to come back, if there's a breaking news story in this realm, happy to do it. This is part of our journey here into healing on the Robert Scott Bell Show as well.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: You got it. Meredith Miller, first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. She's terrific. Innerintegration.com. Again, she has a rumble page and she has her own substack, meredithmiller.substack.com. And, you know, when I say the power to heal is yours, she's another living example of that. And even super, and, and making decisions. It's not like, uh, you know, somebody does it for you you first have to make a, a decision at one point. You know what? I want this really badly. I want it so bad. I've talked about healing and different things that we want so badly that it's like if someone's holding your head underwater, how badly do you want to breathe? How badly do you want air or oxygen? And until you want something that bad, something can sneak in there and distract you from that. And that's why, you know, if we talk about the human consciousness and the difficulty of, of going through life and seeing what's happening on a planetary scale, much less what's happening in China Or here in America or Canada or elsewhere, you say, is is this by design? You know, are we to suffer enough to desire something greater or better? I would say it in, in, in a spiritual context, you know, how badly do you want God? Do you want a relationship with the Creator? You know, you sometimes have to experience great misery in your life to say, you know what, this is not fulfilling, whether it be crass materialism. And there's nothing wrong with wanting a nice life and things. I get that. But in terms of replacing our divinity with material things, it's never going to fulfill you, even though you well, you might want to try it. Some people still do. But this is part of that journey. It's an extraordinary journey. And, and I think maybe by design, we're able to uh, suffer enough as I was. I was allowed to suffer enough, not because I was hated by God, but I was loved. I am loved by God, as are you. And God loves me enough to allow me to have the experiences I need to choose to come back that's that bigger perspective spiritual perspective that i like to share with y'all how you play it out in your own religious or dogmatic whatever it is that's your relationship your experience i'm not here to condemn it in any way other than to encourage whatever uplifts you brings you back home and with that we got a couple of questions of the day coming back home to the robert scott bell show Robertscatbell.com. you can submit your questions and comments and we'll get to them as we can each and every day here two hours a day six days a week You could sign up for the newsletter by texting RSB to the number 22828. That's 22828. Send RSB or just come on over to robertscoutbell.com and sign up for the newsletter. And Superdon will get it out probably after the show. He's been busy today. So let's go to the questions of the day, if you don't mind. All right. This is coming. First one from Yolanda. Hello, Robert Superdon. What are your thoughts on pellet therapy for hormone replacement or could you recommend something else? Thank you, Yolanda. So super Don, have you ever had those pellets uh, put in your butt? Um, no. Okay. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about, do you?
1: I don't know. Are, Are you like joking with me or is this really what you're, this is what pellet therapy is?
0: Yeah, they, they basically... Get out of here. No, it's what like, like,
1: suppositories or
0: something? No, or? no, 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 not that part of your butt. I mean, the butt cheek, right? So they, it's, it's a surgical procedure, Super D. It is. It's like they take these this little pellet or something that looks like it a long stick or something. They'll put an incision uh, uh along, usually in your derriere side or whatever, and they'll insert this thing, which is a slow time release.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So it's it like, all right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So All right. Works. I know. Yeah. You know, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They do something like that for um, birth control, don't they? I think they do. I think they, they do. Think they do. Insurance yeah. Insurance yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: anytime you're messing with the hormones uh, that way, I, I'm always a little bit reticent, reluctant. Now, I will say I'm going to share a story, personal story. You know, this yeah, is it, th- what? Three and a half minutes. Okay. I'll try to be quick about it. Remember, at the early the earlier years of my wife's injury from the you know the dental uh, uh, extractions that resulted in trigeminal neuralgia, uh, there was a nice you know doctor holistic guy that said, "Hey, there's indications in the peer-reviewed literature that if we increase testosterone levels through this method, that it can manage and reduce pain and things." I'm like, well, we were willing to try anything," and I was there. I saw this procedure done for my wife. Now it didn't do a thing for my wife. Does that mean it will do a thing, nothing for anybody? I don't know, but I'm always encouraged to uh, let's say, how do we get back to the body's own production of a natural endocrine, you know, function and level? I don't have time to go into it in great detail, but it does involve cleaning up your act, putting only clean, organic quality things in, things that don't have xeno- xenoestrogens, uh, you know, all of these estrogen and or endocrine disrupting compounds. And then giving the body the minerals, the fats, all the things that it needs. Again, fear of cholesterol is going to reduce production of of these youth hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. So um, I'm not a super fan of the methods. I know that it can be a a big last resort or it can be a bridge to making your way when you have this experience and go, oh, clearly that hormone did have an impact on me. Now, can I find a more holistic, natural way, non-invasive way to do it? I would encourage that. Go back full screen so I can see uh, the question if there's a follow-up here. Um, yeah, I don't have Yolanda. I, I'm going to do have, a follow, have to do an endocrine follow-up with you on that, uh, but I appreciate the question. Um, now the question from Rhonda. Uh, can someone who was vaxxed or jabbed now suffering with symptoms of myocarditis be helped with cardiomerical? I will say that I would not want to be without cardiomerical even if I had no injury and damage, knowing what it does. So, if you're in a situation with somebody with myocarditis, you know, again, the inflammation, I am going to utilize and recommend anything that would facilitate the healing, the protection, the reduction of uh, inflammation, without harming the liver, of course, and also the uh, uh, delivery of all the compounds needed for healing, including, you know, the oxygen that blood delivers for for all the functions that it needs and the uptake afterwards. So nitric oxide production could be critically important, is critically important for repair as well, not just protection. I might also consider, as we've talked about extensively, copper, the sovereign copper. Uh, I would not want to be without that. This and cardiomiracle combination is amazing uh, because also the selenium that is so needed and present. And the selenium and copper are critical for the cardiac protein integrity restoration. And then when we talk about regeneration, copper plays a huge role. And of course, silicon or silica is a trace mineral for connective tissue that plays itself out also through the vasculature. And we use the Alta health product, silica, which is a whole food, it's tableted form, whole food. Uh, you would do three tablets four times a day initially to really flood the body with the silica necessary. You do that in combination with the sovereign copper, uh, the selenium, and the Cardio Miracle. Uh, I think healing becomes possible despite a lot of damage and injury. You might consider Dr. Christopher's Hawthorne Berry Syrup, which, of course, can reverse co- uh, congestive heart failure. And that is something they don't claim. I'm just saying it. I don't sell it. But you can go to choosetobehealthy.com and use the code RSB5 to get a discount on any of the 100% whole food supplements we use. They also have the Sovereign Silver, the Argentin 23, and Sovereign Copper. All right. We're about to be joined by our friends at Brideon.tv. Stand by. Counting down. Three, two, one. All right. Welcome, everybody. Joining us now on the simulcast, our second hour of the broadcast on Monday here on the Robert Bell Show, the date, 11-28-22. Hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. What, uh, you know, enough to be grateful for. Yes, things are continuing. Life is going on. I mean, there are many of us have been going, how does it keep going the way it's going? But there's a lot in the power of belief that maintains even an illusion that we can see through, that you can see through because it's something somebody else really wants to participate in. Now, how do you navigate it? Well, we'll talk about that. There are realities that are pretty harsh and ugly, but we can still find times and ways to enjoy life. In fact, we must because I believe soul is a happy being. That's who we are. That's who I am, even though, yes, we can go through some bumming times. Hashtag mask up is back. Hashtag bring back mask is up. We got to talk about that and a whole lot more. Also, Emerald Robinson going to join us. She's a fierce reporter, investigative journalist after this, because the power to heal is yours.
1: Scott show. Scott On
0: the first hour of the Robert Schaubel yeah, show today, we were talking about sociopaths, psychopaths, and narcissists. And we've got a story to open up this hour uh, that basically shows what some of these people are doing right now. And that is an article from Forbes by Bruce Lee. No, not the, you know, not that Bruce Lee. Someone we've quoted uh, from Forbes magazine over the years here, uh, covered articles of his. I don't think we tend to agree with him much. I'm not worried about him doing a chop sake on me. But the headline reads hashtag mask up, hashtag bring back masks, and it's trending as COVID-19 RSV and flu cases increase. That's the headline from Forbes. And I and I look at this article and read through it. You've got Morgan Fairchild now the poster child for masking up again. Morgan Fairchild. Yeah, my girlfriend, Morgan Fairchild. Anybody remember? Uh, what was that? Uh The guy from Saturday Night Live, he did that. He was always uh, pushing the envelope on the liar, Flanagan, Tommy Flanagan or something. Yeah, my girlfriend, Morgan Fairchild. Now she's got the mask on going, you should all wear a mask too. We're worried about RSV. Now, RSV, again, respiratory syncytial virus, we've talked about that. If it is actually a thing, it is indicative of other things that preceded it. That is, what could be bringing an immune weakness to the fore? that manifests itself as more respiratory in terms of symptomatology. Could it be the kidneys have been burdened, whether you've taken remdesivir or not? How about the liver congestion? How about nothing that the doctor would tell you is contributing to immune weakness and manifestation of what they call RSV determined by, guess what? Oh, PCR again? Really? A nonspecific cross-reactive, uh, you know, again, not validated test. And this is the reason they're saying, well, you got to wear your mask. You got to wear, we got to get back to masking. And Bruce Lee is all encouraging this in this Forbes article. I mean, this is, come on. It's You see what's happening. The hospitals are being overrun with children with RSV. No discussion of silver and its ability to stop viral replication if you're actually afraid of viruses. No discussion of selenium as a trace element that is the critical mineral in terms of halting so-called viral explosions and, and manifestations and replications within the body. None of that discussed at all. It's all about, Hey, just mask up like Morgan Fairchild hashtag mask up. And, and, you know, it's funny. Cause this article is like, well, you know, she was, she was in a range of hit TV shows like Flamingo road and Falcon crest. Really? Does anybody even know um, outside of going into the history and archives and I don't know, some history museum of TV in the 70s and 80s. This makes her qualified to tell us to mask up. <laughs> I just find it humorous and sad all at the same time. And then there's a uh, cartoonist in this article, Theo Moudakis from the Toronto Star. If you can show that, Superty, you can go full screen on this. little Little girl going, mask up, Ontario. And if you won't do it for yourself, then do it for us kids. And then somebody with a no mask t-shirt, like a big guy, she's making me feel unfree. Again, trying to shame people who believe differently than those in fear who are trying to what? Make us live as they would want us to live because they're afraid. And then tell us it's for our own good. And then somehow if we don't do it, then we are the ones who are the narcissist, sociopaths, and psychopaths. This is a classic example of how they will deflect from their own behavior because I'm afraid I want you to wear a mask. My mask won't work unless you wear that mask. And Quite frankly, the mask you're wearing, now I'm back into real common sense, doesn't work the way you think it does in terms of even an N95 weave which is not a a weave small enough to stop something as small as a virus if you believe that those are actually causative agents in these ailments or illnesses. And even if you believed it did, of course, if it were small enough, you would have great, great difficulty breathing. And the fact is when you're breathing even around an N95, you've got airflow out and around. It's never hermetically sealed. And, of course, all the other aspects of uh, viral, if you're considering about this, transmission through the eyes, through the years, other things. It's just an absurdist starting point to say, the only way we're going to get through this again is if we can just get everybody to mask up. There's a Dr. Lucky Tran. I don't know if Tran is short for transvestite, but it's a PhD for the March for Science and Science Communicator at Columbia University. Hashtag bring back masks. He's circulated a petition for New York State to reinstitute The the mask, urging Governor Kathy Hochul, which is an embarrassment. You you knew you woke How did you do that? How did that happen? To bring back masks. Take action. Make masks mandatory on public transport. Even in Australia where it is, people aren't wearing masks because they know better. They see through this. We can just stick with it. Donnie Mock says in one of the tweets, it's a marathon. We're at mile 21. Just a little bit longer. Then you'll get your freedom back. Again, narcissistic abuse. Sociopathic and psychopathic abuse of the population of the people who simply want to breathe freely and strengthen their immune systems in ways that are not prescribed by Anthony Fauci and Walensky or the Biden administration. It is absolutely amazing what we're witnessing here. And as I, I go further into this article, uh, let's see. There's a uh, Camille. Who's that? Uh, so many good reasons to wear a mask. And today I I had a horrible zit on my nose. So they have this woman who's saying, it's great that I can wear a mask because I have a zit on my nose. What? Yes, go out with that campaign. You over there with a zit, with acne, wear a mask. We can't stand looking at you. Oh, but actually it's for RSV now.
1: We could do that for all the ugly people too then, I guess, right?
0: Of course. Masks for ugly people. Now, again, beauty (laughs) is in the eye of the beholder. I'm not saying who's ugly and who isn't here. That's not my point in bringing this up. But as we continue down this absurdity, it gets even more absurd. In fact, I'm trying to scroll down to find that, that this key. Are, uh, okay, there's a paragraph here where Bruce Lee, the author of this article in Forbes, says, The science is clear. Face masks, especially well-constructed ones such as N95 respirators, can serve as a barrier protection for your nose and mouth. Well, yeah, for for debris that it's large, smoke inhalation, perhaps a little bit, but not to the size. Anyway, here's the the money quote super don has it highlighted on the screen to question their effectiveness and demand more randomized controlled trials rcts of face masks would be like demanding more randomized controlled trials of curtains to see if they can block light or underwear if they can prevent your genitals from being seen (laughs) bruce lee should get a pull that's bruce lee yes that's bruce lee
1: if you read his articles, I and I I have attended I I've read more than we've cuz co- we've covered several on this show.
0: Yes. Oh. Uh
1: he he that's writes usually on the weekends yeah. and he always tries to inject some kind of snarky mm-hmm. humor uh into his articles. After a while it becomes pretty annoying, but that that's what that, that's just a that's small of example of how he basically writes.
0: Stupidest yeah. analogies I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> He's trying Where to be I- funny. It's He's not, trying to be funny. It's yeah. just, I don't find it humorous. I'm sorry. I find it just like sad. Yes. The, the sad.
1: Leslie is asking, what fallacy does that fall under? That's a false
0: equivalency. Mm, very good, c d yeah. False equivalency fallacy. It's amazing. So, bring back masks? No. Hashtag, your fear is not my fear. Hashtag, I'm not living the way you want me to just because you're afraid. And, you know, come up with some other hashtags that know... I still will wear underwear. (laughs) Likely, yes. We don't have no underpants Fridays, do we, anymore, Super D? I don't think we do have that. A what? No underpants Fridays, because Bruce Lee could write about that. It's like, oh, Oh, are are
1: you been doing that every Friday? I
0: didn't realize it. I have no. Friday is my day of fasting. I I threw that out there because it's so absurd. It's so silly. And uh, speaking of things that uh, we can't talk about, right? Underpants and covering your genitals, apparently Bruce Lee thinks is funny. Uh, Now may be a good good time because we have our guests coming in on the the bottom of the hour. Isn't that right?
1: We do. Yes. Emerald Robinson will be on the bottom of the hour.
0: So are you prepared? Is it possible that we could do our comment of the day from our, our friend and supporter of the Robert Scott Bell show? She's concerned about something that we've covered on this show. And I
1: thought, our our friend and follower that will go unnamed because we don't want her to feel like we're.
0: No, I don't want anybody to gang up on her in any way, shape, or form uh, for her commentary because we appreciate all commentary, even commentary that makes you go, oh, really? Did I do that?
1: All right. So, comment of the day?
0: Yeah, comment of the day. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for doing this. This is from someone who will remain unnamed. RSB, I just want to let you know that while I respect your willingness to go anywhere on any subject, your recent discussions about urine therapy have made me hesitant to share the show, which I've done in the past. The people that need this show the most are those on the fence, just starting to see a glimmer of light into the bright world of alternative health care. I'm afraid I will recommend the show to someone and they will tune in to that day. You are talking about drinking your own urine, which, by the way, I haven't done. (laughs) I didn't do. But okay, we'll carry on. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, I've said that about many things. Uh, All right. Oh, continuing on here. She says cannibalism could keep you alive, but could we go there? There are certain cultural limitations, not to mention the ick factor, that preclude consuming body waste secretions, in my opinion. There must be another way. Just for the record, I also don't want to hear about any future therapy involving the consumption of blood, semen, or boogers. You're laughing because we did cover a story a while back about boogers, didn't we?
1: We did, uh, a few years ago, there was yeah. a study that came out and showed that picking your nose and eating it uh, improves your immune system. Right. And we had
0: a field day with that one. I mean, you and me yes, were just we like teenage boys talking about boogers. Um, yeah. You got to you gotta remember the ick factor is something that we're we're drawn it to. It is ick. It is. It ick. is. It is. is. And, it is and, ick. and I acknowledge that, too. Uh, let's see. Of course, it is your show, and you can talk about whatever you want. I listen to every show via podcast because, but because of the urine therapy topic, I will have to be much more selective about who I might recommend the show to and give a disclaimer with it. Please take this feedback as coming from someone who very much wants to see the show grow and prosper. And then a message to you, super Don, it might be an interesting newsletter poll of the day to see if there are any subjects that would make people hesitate to share the show. I think that's a great suggestion.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. We can take the, uh, Comment yes. of the day off the screen now, but, uh, listen to the person who wrote this, we love you and appreciate you. And I'm not upset and the least, and that's why I'm keep, cause somebody would like, oh, come on, you, you can't look, how many shows have we done over the thousands of shows I've done just to ask in this, because maybe I've done too many of them. How many shows on urine therapy have we done since we started this broadcast shows, shows on it? Yeah
1: or even when you say show what do you mean show like do you mean like it was a main topic of right. a segment and we had a guest on yeah. and t- and blah, blah blah none right
0: none i don't none. think we've ever we done just
1: it. mentioned it in passing on yeah. a, on, a, on a two or three occasions maybe
0: and i think that the the unique aspect really recently if we will about urine therapy was in response to dr batar and um, ed group
1: and there are a couple of people in the audience mm-hmm. that have been very outspoken on occasion yeah about it. Now now when you mentioned it to me.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly.
1: Yes. It, it's it's totally no understand. no, 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 no. It's the same thing that I same reaction I have when
0: you talk oh, and, about doing the Look, we were having other fun with it, Super D, because we're like teenage boys and we were like, you know, I've been trying to say, Super D, you just gotta do a coffee animal once, right? Get your liver cleared, right? And you're like, No, sorry, not happening.
1: No, yeah, see, and I would put that in the same category. I mean, you know, it's like yeah. it, you know, but you know what? There are people out there would be like, no, I wouldn't do a coffee enema, but I'll do your urine therapy or, right. or, or the other way around, you know? And it's well, like,
0: the question is, you know, the people that don't like me talking about coffee enemas, I mean, do I have to stop talking about them as well or that? Yeah. I, and the thing is, you know, and then she mentioned, she's like, I know it's your show. You can talk about it. I mean, I'm not being snarky about it. Obviously we can talk about what we want to talk about. But the purpose for covering these various therapies, including ones that are not kind of nice, kind of icky to talk about, is that there are legitimate, if we can call them that, yes, doctors who advocate for it. And I've acknowledged my and There honor. are people who have
1: done it that swear by it, right. that are just exactly. like, they, they just look, and it helped me with this and helped me with that mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you, when there are things that, that, that are talked about on this show, you know, mm-hmm. hey, look, understand. Yeah. Uh, as the producer of the show, Mm -hmm. Uh, My number one priority is to make sure sure that this show goes on the air, that the content is put together, that it sounds good, it looks good, and that you are awesome. That's my job. Okay? Yes. Uh, I do not subscribe to everything that is talked about on this show. I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of other people that watch or listen to this show. To yeah. feel the same way. It's like, you know what? I like that. That makes sense to me. I relate mm-hmm. to that. It speaks to me. I like that, that over mm-hmm. there and not really con- convinced sure. that's really a thing like uh, that. But it's all one, one big package. Yeah. Is it possible that somebody could be offended Sure. Right, by somebody talking about urine therapy? It's great. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I I relate to you, the person that wrote this thing. I <laughs> yes. totally am. I relate 100% to what you're saying. Now, yeah. do I feel like... That uh, that should disqualify uh, or or everything else that is talked about on the show and make it um, something that people would not be able to listen to because that other mm-hmm. t- one topic was talked about maybe, but at the same time, um, you here's, know, here's, we're, we're here's what here's I would say, speech, you know, type of 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 yeah. show here too. Here, here's you know? what
0: I would say: if you're going to recommend the Robert Scott Bell show. And there are topics that you don't like that we've covered. Just say, hey, you might stumble on this topic they covered once. And, of course, now you have to add this show into that because we've actually mentioned it
1: I know. We story. mentioned it on this show. Yeah, okay. how, how
0: can we not talk Whoops. about it when that was the the subject of the comment? Right. But remember, uh, as people that are on the fence learning about new things, yes, there's always going to be something that's a bridge or a step too far. I mean, for some, it's talking about IV chelation for uh you know, a plaque, how about a something plaque? like
1: quantum healing and things of that nature, oh, more, sure. multi, you know, no. more interdimensional,
0: near-death experience, whatever stuff.
1: You know, there there are yeah. people that don't believe in homeopathy that listen to this show and they just they think yeah. it, you know it just doesn't make any sense to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we Kevin we pretty said, much will cover every pretty much everything on this show. I yeah. mean, it's
0: just, it's true. Our buddy Kevin said, "Now look what she did. She's making a whole other discussion on urine therapy happen the things she didn't want to have happen." So, I don't
1: know that she necessarily uh, thought that we were going to talk about it on the air, but you know, it's like this is what we do. We're all. We, I feel like we're we're a big family on mm-hmm. this show. You know, yeah. the listeners and us. You know, that's it. We're just, we're, we're friends and we're family and, and we can have these discussions and not be offended by them and not feel like, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's Thanksgiving and somebody brings up, you know, politics or something, you know, we, we can do it. We can handle it on this.
0: Everybody's got their line that you don't want to cross and you can't cross, obviously. And I think she understands that too, And it's just like an awkward thing. Like, okay, you're going to have to tell your friends. This show, I love this show. I learned about it. There's a couple of topics he's covered I didn't like, and I think that's normal. Natural. In fact, some of the people you're worried about might go, oh, I heard about that, and oh, my gosh, that's important. You would never no. know.
1: Now, so, perhaps, because no. I remember when we had this conversation uh, mm-hmm. on the air, the, the show that she's referring to, you and I kind of joked with each other. Oh, we were
0: bit. having a good old time joking.
1: Um, <laughs> and so maybe that might have been the part that maybe yeah. got things a little bit too. If and so I apologize. Appa- Listen, we're yes, just a we couple did. of guys. We like to have a little off-color humor once in a while. Yeah. Um. It's it's just meant to have a chuckle and being Gen way, Xers way, like we are. Be, we we just mean, we kind of do that sort of thing. Being
0: a color, it should be more clear. It, that means you're hydrating enough, yes. or you have. Oh, you know, oh, oh okay. Is getting yeah. a color off color, yeah,
1: and if it's darker, it means that you need to drink more water, or that right. perhaps you're fighting yeah, an right. infection or something. And but uh,
0: you, you're right; I think that was the, I think that was the issue because we were yeah, like, like, and you know, that
1: would that I t- look I take the blame for that one because I was the one that threw that out there, but it made you laugh, and it, I thought it was kind of funny.
0: And I was calling your bluff, like, "Yep, no, I'm going to drink it," and, yeah. and like, you're <sighs> yeah, like, "Oh yeah. no," And I can see you were getting a little nervous. So, like, for the spirit of the show, remember that. Yeah, we're, we're, there's no way we can promise not to offend any one of you or all of you sometime or another, but hopefully you take it with the spirit of humor in which it's attend, intended. And if not, write us like our friend did, and we're not mad at you. You know who you are. We love you and appreciate you. And it actually gave us an opportunity to talk about some of these things that can be awkward and difficult to talk about. There are many topics. By the way, when's when's the break? You're setting the break up for our uh on iron. Okay, cool. So, Ginny, just your feedback is really welcome and, and especially the kind that's not like praiseworthy because it, you know, a lot of you love the show and I'm glad you do. I love the show. I do it. I hope I do. Cause I'm here every day doing it. Uh, but these things that concern you are important to us because you matter to us. Uh, you know, as you said, I'm, I'm still, you know, this isn't a show about that issue. It just happened to be Hey, you know what, this is going on in our community. People are talking about it, and i mentioned it. You know, my aunt, who's in her 90s, has been doing it for decades. What am I going to say to her? You don't have to do it, and I'm not, but we'll talk about it from time to time. But it's not an everyday topic, I promise you. That's just not our, our thing. There's a, a lot of things. But specific to that uh, topic, it came up because at the Advanced Medicine Conference, Dr. Batar and others were looking like, how can we remedy what the jab is doing to people? And an argument is was made that that's the therapy that could be helpful. Now, I've argued as well, to, as an offshoot to that, that you can utilize those substances in a homeopathic way where you convert it via the process of serial dilution and succussion and re-administer that. And then homeopaths that do that Again, are not, you know, it's not the same thing. It's kind of a, a, a light cures light because you're taking the essence of it, if you will, via serial dilution and succussion. And if you understand homeopathy, you're not actually bringing anything in in that context it's you know a fraction of a fraction of a fraction to the point where you're going beyond the number of avogadro so if it could help you if it could heal you you might reconsider or do you know as i said do it homeopathically which i argue could be as effective as the essence of that principle of the law of similars and like cures like so we got some upcoming events very exciting happenings going on And, in fact, uh, in the Upcoming Events tab at robertscottbell.com, I don't know, Super Don, if you have the ability to to do this, but uh, you'll see upcoming events. Some of them are online. There's a Regenerate Yourself Masterclass that is going on as of today, the 28th, I believe that is, yeah, of November through the 4th of December. I believe that's a Sayer G-sponsored event. We have the Homegrown Food Summit. Marjorie Wildcraft coming up December 2nd through 4th. You just kind of click on those links. Or if you're getting the newsletter, Super non often includes those links. We've got another online event, Living Your Best Life Autoimmunity. That's December 5th through the 11th. And we have a huge in-person event coming up in January, January 7th and 8th. And there'll be some offshoots like starting on the 5th with the Nurse Freedom Network and others. But... I'll be speaking at this event. Dr. David Martin will be there. Judy Mikovits, Peter McCullough. I mean, this is an amazing event. Dr. Terry and Stu Warner put it on. And this was delayed because of the hurricanes in Florida. And so the first weekend in January 2023, I'd love to see you in Orlando. And I'll be at the Hyatt uh, Regency, I believe, or on the Hyatt there in Orlando on I-International Drive. And then following that, I'll tell you more about it when we come back from this break. The Next Steps Conference, February in Atlanta, Georgia area. Thanks to Tia Severino. And I've got you discount tickets coming up as well. Stand by for that. And a whole lot more right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. So just us kids still hanging out. Our friends at Brideon.tv, they do a little little brief break, commercial break to support their efforts at Brideon.tv. And so uh, I will tell when we come back, I'm going to give a little bit more insight into the uh, Next Steps Conference because that's a that's going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. I want to get you all some discount tickets for that as well. Uh, and let's see any other, was there another question of the day that we didn't get to super D you know, at the bottom of the hour, we've got a guest schedule. Yeah. But.
1: I got a jet flying over. So stand by.
0: <laughs> okay. No problem. I appreciate you. First it was here. a
1: train and now mm. it's a jet. Yeah. There, there, there is a, uh, let's see here. It was a last minute one here. So let me see if I can find it real quick here. It was from, uh, Mike, Mike. And he says, I have an issue with a corn on my heel. Okay. Um, he's had to trim it back uh, when it becomes bothersome. Do you have any recommendation to finally get rid of this thing without surgery? I've tried several removal over-the-counter mm-hmm. remedies, and so far nothing seems to fix. So a corn on his heel.
0: Yeah. This is often, you know, th- there are remedies, homeopathic remedies, that can, can kind of correspond to that manifestation, uh, including my favorite, Hyper sulfur calcarium, can sometimes be indicated. Sometimes these corns or abnormal growths are related to Warts, plantar warts, sometimes they're misdiagnosed as such. That could be the quote-unquote viral perspective. But regardless, we look at the homeopathic remedy, Thugia occidentalis, often applied. In fact, utilizing Thugia in an herbal-type form topically can be something that can be done. I've seen people use iodine on it as well to break the cycle of that recurrence. But also remember what we said about abnormal growths here on the Robert's Gabell show over the years. Zinc in the absence of copper can also create abnormal growths anywhere in the body, including, you know, we talked about heel spurs, bone spurs, as well as abnormal growths in the skin. Because zinc is all about repair and regeneration, but in the absence of copper, it's out of control. There's nobody constraining its activities. So things that shouldn't grow, grow. So this could be too much zinc, not enough copper, again. So, Mike, if you're not already on the sovereign copper, at least, if you're not eating bee pollen or beef liver from grass-fed animals to get that copper back in you. That's something I would consider strongly. You could use the copper topically as well. So stand by. We're going to be joined by our friends at brighton.tv. Three, two, one. All right. Back at it here on the Robert Scabbell Show, two hours a day, six days a week, robertscabbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter by texting this number, 22828. Get your phones out if you're not driving. Get your phone out and go 22828 and you're texting. That's the number you're going to text. And text my initials, R-S-B. And r- right away, you'll get be prompted to enter the um, your email address. And you can get the amazing newsletter out that Superdome puts together each day before the show, usually. Today, it's going to be after the show. But there's a lot of great things. Poll question of the day. Sorry,
1: guys. It questions. will go out. Yes. <laughs> if you've yeah, been I wondering know. where it's at, it'll be going out soon.
0: Super D is uper D today. He lost the S. I get behind sometimes,
1: especially on Mondays.
0: You know, I mean, that's like,
1: I'm like everybody, anybody else, you know, Mondays can be a little bit tougher than other days and time kind of gets away from you. So it's true. Also, you know, I wanted, I wanted to mention that we, we, over the, uh, the break there that we were doing on Brideon, we were answering a question from Mike, uh, about corns. And uh, let me just throw my, my two cents in there. Uh, as far as corns go, I thought corns were just from like, Wearing shoes that that pressed and did friction and stuff, and it it's like like a big callus type of a thing.
0: That so, can be the case, yes.
1: Um, so I I would say you know soak your feet and maybe try different shoes. You know, um, some people you know they just aren't big into wearing open sandals. I'm not one of them. Sometimes it's not practical, but you know it just I, you know it may be as simple as that. Right.
0: Yeah, I mentioned some homeopathic remedies. Hyper sulfur. I mentioned uh, Thuja. I uh, mentioned topical treatments, the copper uh, without, you know, zinc without copper. Zinc can produce things that you don't want growing. Uh, so that's another thing. But you're right, Super D. Sometimes it's the most basic thing. It what are you be. wearing on your feet? And what also, is... Also, speaking know,
1: of Mike, the same Mike, uh, he, he had mentioned that we had, in a previous sh- show recently, talked about using cast iron cookware. Yes. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Vaguely? Okay. Well, no. well, Mike sent in a picture of his cast iron cookware. This is the cookware nice. that they have a whole set, and that's what they use to cook with. All right. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed with that. It's a pretty nice set
0: there. That is a nice set. Yeah.
1: The, you solid. know, it, it serves mm-hmm. two purposes because, A, if you if you season it really well and you mm-hmm. take care of it, like uh, awesome it works great. Yeah. Uh, you Also, it's good exercise. Because mm-hmm. so those things weigh a 1,000 pounds. Yeah, they're heavy. <laughs> it's ridiculous sometimes. You're like, oh, my God, here's, put this on the stove. Mm-hmm build those pecs man you know just using the frying pan so anyway nice picture
0: yeah very good so by the way you, if you're in the chat room welcome uh, We love seeing you at robertscottbell.com slash listen you can be watching on roku watching the brighton.tv simulcast but you can also join us online and uh you know questions and comments right there live on the air and we do a bonus round after the show too so if you want to stick around come on over to robertscottbell.com and some of the, uh,
1: let me uh, let me throw one more thing in, and then we'll get back to the upcoming events because you wanted to yeah. talk about the the other big one that's coming up. Um, so Black Friday sales started on Friday, of course, makes sense. Yeah, uh, m- most if not all of them have are still going on today because it's Cyber Monday. So if you guys are are interested in in uh, getting any discounts, getting the Black Friday uh, Cyber Monday deals on the stuff that we talk about here on the show, yeah, I have changed the tab on okay. the website, magically, really? and it now says Cyber Monday specials okay. instead of exactly. Black Friday specials. Pretty, pretty much everything that's there. Uh, the only thing I, that has changed is the Tuttle Twins, which uh, a bunch of you took advantage of over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have changed their sale now mm-hmm. to uh, a different thing where you can get, I think it's 50% off of their curriculum um, mm-hmm. books for teaching your kids about free market principles. Nice. Um, And it's like 50 percent off. So if you're looking for a gift, you know, for kids and and they even advertise on it there that that says, you know, that you you, the parents can learn along with the kids about uh, how the free market works and free market principles. And I believe that curriculum is 50 percent off uh, today only until midnight. tonight.
0: We also have some Cyber Monday deals through Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. Great discounts, including on the upcoming Trinity Health Freedom Expo virtual online expo as well. And that's happening in February. And I was going to tell you another thing happening in February is the Next Steps Conference. Our friend Tia Severino, next-steps.info. We have discount coupon RSB10. Gets you 10% off uh, on that. And it's it's just, look at who's going to be there. Brian Hooker. Look at that. Uh, Sin Hang Lee. I mean, you talk about, we've had him on uh, one of those brilliant uh, PhDs uh, we've ever interviewed. Stephanie Lucretio, Peter McCullough. Uh, let's see who else is going to be there. James Lyons Weiler. Dr. Jack should be there as well. Kimberly Overton, Nurse Freedom Network. Dude, it's going to be amazing. I think Silla Watcott, and I'm going to be in the, um, the new, let's see, what am I doing? Healing Yourself Naturally. Uh, me, uh, Silla Watcott, Hava Levi, and Bill Schindler. going to be there talking about that, this segment. And this is in the Atlanta area, Buford, Georgia, Lake Lanier. Love to see you, and I love to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. And that's what this next steps conference is about: building the parallel society, outcreating the bad guys. And someone who's helping to do that is in broadcast media, and she's joining us for the first time ever on the Robert Scott Bell Show. She's on Frank Speech, Frank, the voice of free speech, the absolute truth with Emerald Robinson. Her TV show, and she's been White House correspondent. She's thrown and peppered uh, questions to Jen Psaki, and all of that. Wow, she's amazing. Let's welcome her to the Robert Scal Bell Show right now, Emerald Robinson.
2: Hi. Hi, Robert. So good to see
0: you. Oh, it's great to see you as well. I, you know, yeah, I was t- talking about working out and being strong. Do you? You don't have to work out. You're just naturally strong. Your mind, your voice, your <laughs> spirit. All that. Uh,
2: I wish. I wish and it's so funny that you say like, like ah, today, because I, 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 keep trying to work out often, but I keep, keep, keep trying because it is, it's really important. And I, am like, more like fitness free, you know, I, I, I actually played volleyball in college, really tough to do, but it's super, super important. I wish I was.
0: Hey Emerald uh, is it possible that we could connect to you via phone because I'm getting some audio dropouts and I know we didn't have an opportunity to test with you your video is fine but it's it's oh, yeah. the audio that we're having dropout problems with and I don't want him I don't want anybody to miss any of your words because I think they're very important and your experience and your tenacity all the things that you do are are just brilliant and so uh sure. it, and Superdon has it in the private chat go ahead and type in the number that he can call you on and we can get you on uh, via audio because okay. As, as much as you are amazing and, and lovely and beautiful, I really want to hear your words because that's you're all about them and what you do in terms of questions and comments and things as a reporter. Uh, so uh, sure. see if you can drop that in. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So she's while she's typing that in, we're going to uh, continue here uh, with a, a story I want to cover. Um, it's uh, about forever chemicals and pesticides, which raise what? A red flag about the origins and impact of of almost anything. We talk about these forever chemicals, but they're often in these pesticides. And the Alliance for Natural Health, anh-usa.org, has a great article about this. And this is, you know, the point of when I say eat cleaner, eat organic, somebody will come back and go, oh, there's no such thing as clean food anymore. I'm like, all right, we'll go ahead and eat the garbage and then make that your excuse. But every percentage you move towards a cleaner diet and lifestyle, You will be repaid a thousandfold. That's my experience. Even if it's not quote-unquote perfect, because how do you define perfect? Because you're right. Even organic food is not as clean as it should be based on environmental degradation around the planet. But if your excuse is because nothing's really perfectly clean, I'm not even going to try, well— don't expect a natural healthcare provider, a homeopath, an herbalist, a chiropractor, or anything like that to be able to solve your problem for you because it's still being caused by these toxic burdens that are displacing the minerals that are critical for normal metabolic functions and healing. And you know none of those things you suffer with, endocrine or otherwise, are evidence of an FDA-approved drug deficiency disease or syndrome. And And to speak out against these artificial synthetic toxic poisons— is not to acknowledge if something is stupid, I'm sorry to say it this way for my leftist friends out there, global warming or climate change. The real issue is a toxicological issue, not a, a weather phenomenon issue, not a temperature issue. And when we deal with diseases, we recognize that in a holistic way, we look at the body and we have diseases of toxicity and deficiency and that's what we correct here on top of emotional mental spiritual other other issues body mind and spirit so bringing back that spiritual warrior as well that i perceive her to be let's go back and now we got her on the phone emerald robinson are you with us emerald
2: hi can you hear me now
0: yes thanks for your patience with that you sound great now oh good so i just had to do a side on some uh physiological health issues, which is a big part of what we do on this show. But uh Emerald, your backstory as an independent journalist, the things you've done all the way up to the White House press corps. You were just mentioning before we we reconnected with you about the clickishness, the high school nature of everything that goes on in there. Mm-hmm. We saw recently uh one of the press secretaries, I forget that this lady's name, I don't know what gender she is. I'm sorry, he is, they is, I don't even know. <laughs> but she was like chiding the back of the room for daring to ask about COVID origins. Had you had experiences like that where they won't call on certain people because they know they're going to ask tough questions?
2: Well, clearly, and when this happened last week, I almost wondered, oh my gosh, is this like a flashback? Um, I, And then I laughed. I thought, well, some people are going to say maybe Emerald got back in the room. And I looked this reporter up. She's relatively new. She's a new reporter with the Daily Caller. And I don't, I apologize. I can't remember her name offhand because she's really new with them. Um, she's so young, but look at her. She had the tenacity, the journalistic integrity to try to get Fauci on the record. And that's been so hard to do because they have protected him so much. The The press secretary you're talking about is Corrine is Jean-Pierre. Um, mm. She does go by a she. <laughs> okay. but she is definitely the the ideological, you know, identity appointment. To the White House Press Act. Um, but you know what? I was very proud of this young woman. Because it's tough in that room. I've been there. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And she's she's much newer than I was at the point. You know, that I was trying to ask these questions. Um, I have been in the room a little bit longer. And so I commend her. Because no one to date Robert. Has been able to get Dr. Fauci on the record. I tried. And. Mm-hmm. Um, When he walked past me, if you know the White House layout, there is what we call the North Lawn. And that's where the reporters are kind of relegated to. And if you're with a network, um, and there's only, I think, 20 spots at the most, I had to remember, but where we have what we call stand up locations. So if you're a broadcast journalist, there's only 20 spots, right, for people to stand there. And I actually had one of those spots. And one day I was sitting there. And i had been trying to ask questions of Dr. Fauci to no avail because he's so protected. And he walked past me and I just saw the opportunity and I started trying to ask him questions. But I was tethered to my mic and mm-hmm. my earpiece and to my camera. And my camera was saying, you can't run too far. You can't the camera. And I was trying to get him on the record. And I got some response, but not enough. And then he was gone because I can't, you know. But I commend this young lady, and it's for Jean Pierre to say this is not how we do things. They have so here's how it is, Robert. And if mm-hmm. any recommendation I could ever get to a press secretary that is not part of the machine, yeah. which they mostly are, but uh, you know, Kelly he was not. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say you can shuffle that room, and here's the the little known fact is that let's say you get another Donald Trump administration and there's a press secretary. They can make it till CNN and MSNBC and NBC doesn't sit in the front of the room. So they set out
0: the seat assignments.
2: It's actually up to the White House. They have more say than the White House Correspondents Association, Hmm. but they they defer to the WHCA, and it shouldn't be that way, given how corrupt they are. Um. So any new administration that comes in, if a press aggregate they could, bro- what I would recommend is rotating it by the week or the day, right? If you're having daily, rotate it by the day Yeah. and shuffle it around. So you have the least of the outlets getting in front because it should be free and fair media, right? It should be total freedom of the press. Um, but yeah, the room is set up in such a way that it's just like CNN or MSNBC, CBS, NBC, who are all part of the corporate messaging, they get on a call in the morning, they all know their talking points, what they're allowed to ask. And how many times have you heard a press conference when there's really pressing matters and every person in the front two rows asks the same question, mm-hmm. just in a slightly different way?
0: Yeah. Well, we, we know that the, the, the it's rigged, the system, as you point out, and a, and a journalist who dares to kind of make their voice heard is chided by a uh, press secretary, yeah. like we witnessed as well. Uh, we have, um, you know, Fauci who's shielded, as you mentioned, he recently had to undergo like a seven hour deposition. I don't know if you've read any of that deposition, what's coming out. And, uh, Senator Rand Paul has been very interesting as a physician as well, uh, pointing out the conflicts of interest, for instance, at the CDC regarding the PR agency that they hired and used taxpayer funds to promote basically Mm -hmm. an agenda Mm -hmm. with major conflicts of interest. There, there are things I think they can't constrain and contain ultimately that are coming out.
2: I think it can't. Um, the problem is, is that yes, the institution institutions are mostly in the bag, and that that is largely the corporate media, right, Before the Fourth Estate. So they are supposed to be part of the checks and balances. They're not. Um, but what threatens them so much and why they're so so up in arms is like, you know, n- outlets like yours, Robert, and mine. Now that mm-hmm. I've moved in this sphere and where I would say I've been shocked at the kind of interaction you get and just other platforms where people are going to get their information. So while they've been able to control the narrative to a certain extent, it's getting harder and harder to do by the day. That's why you also see the increasing clampdowns, clampdown on the freedom of speech and outlets. And that's why they feel such a threat to um elon musk taking over twitter which i think the jury is still out on right uh, he has done some really good things and and reinstated yeah. some really good accounts but ultimately how far is this going to go it's kind of remained to be seen but the fact that they're so up arms about it when they he might even play along with them we don't mm-hmm. know but they're so appalled at the possibility of even the slightest adherence to the yeah. The, the first amendment, rights of free speech, tells you everything you need to know. But it's getting mm-hmm. harder for them to control, and that's a good thing. So I do think that it makes it harder for people like Fauci. I don't think Fauci, you know, three years ago, even faced with sort of congressional oversight, would have probably retired because he loves what he he loves the power he yields. Yeah. Um. But now, because of alternative media, I think it's forcing him to think about retirement.
0: Yeah, while well, he felt invisible until uh, I'm sorry, invincible <laughs> mm-hmm. until uh, until now he doesn't. Right? There's some very uncomfortable things that he's earned, if you will, that are happening to him, and hopefully many others. I I see Rochelle Walensky should re- retire quickly after this scandal comes out about the PR agency at CDC. Well, I
2: and let's not let's not forget those who have retired, like Francis Collins, mm-hmm. who saw the writing on the wall of it earlier, got out of the game, got out of mm-hmm. the game. But we should forget who he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, this show, I opened the microphone in 1999 on radio all those years ago. And, you know, I I covered violations of freedom of speech via government channels when nobody thought that that was happening. Very few of us, because, you know, as a homeopathic practitioner, of course, we are not invited to any of the reindeer games that they play in government it's all about (laughs) medical people and that's it everything else is quackery or so they say now of course doctors are opening up to the things i do because they realize the limitations through covid of what what has gone by but i said doctors have been under this assault this freedom of speech attack because those who actually stepped out of certain aspects of the pharmaceutical belief that everything is a drug deficiency we're censured, we're threatened with loss of licensure. I mean, we're talking back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, uh, long before this happened. Uh, and yet it really came out for everybody to see where this wasn't an absurdity that our government has actively colluded against freedom of speech in certain areas that didn't affect everybody or perceived it didn't. But now we're seeing it affect everybody where they cannot hide it. And of course, your emergence, even as you've been in the White House press corps to do the things you're doing with frank speech and other things, is showing that There's a genuine desire for authenticity and a willingness to ask questions that are supposedly unaskable. And those are the questions that need to be asked, especially when they say you can't ask that. That's the question we need to have answered.
2: I would agree. And I would also say per your industry, you know, how long this has been going on. Yes, this has been going on for decades, right? And like you said, it didn't get really brought to the public eye until COVID and we had those lockdowns and the fact that people were so sick and dying and they didn't need to be when we knew we had therapeutics, therapeutics that worked. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the word kind of got out, right? Despite all the attempts to block it on therapeutics that actually worked. And that was sort of a, you know, crossing point. But what I will tell you, even before COVID, it was very interesting to me that I was a kind of, you know, young journalist in D.C. When I got approached by the big pharma lobby pretty early, I wasn't even, I didn't have the microphone I would say that I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was relatively unknown. I, and it was, it it, it was big pharma and cutter right Mm -hmm. (laughs) ironically cutter and we're Mm -hmm. looking at the the world cup now and all that fallout right i might have been a political correspondent for three months and both of those entities had approached me robert Mm -hmm. for lunches cutter for you know all expense paid vacation to come check out their country yeah and then for pharma constantly like you know oh you know lunches breakfast um, you know, there's this whole thing, this push about this drug and this and this and blah, blah, it, and blah, especially during the Trump years, coverage, they were like, right?
0: yeah, would you fall yeah, over the if we bring you all these gifts? Coverage. Yeah. So it, what was it about you that said, mm, no, I don't think I'm going to take that gift from you or that trip from you because you know, there are strings attached.
2: Well, I know, I always know nothing's ever free. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I had covered economics before I moved in the political realm. And I had studied free market economics and transition economies pretty closely. Um, And I know nothing's ever free, right? Um, But also, I had a mother who had been, she had autoimmune disorders, you know, like rheumatoid arthritis. And the cost of medicine was insane. And she needed it. She had insurance, great insurance, and it was always sort of this balancing game between the cost of the medicine and, you know, and she would be crippled without it. And that taught me a lot. And I, and then when I sat with them and they said, oh, you know, we have to have this for research and development and blah, 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 blah. But then I'd also been around the world and talked to pharmaceuticals in Switzerland and, you know, and i had been to the UK and saw how much they paid and all of this. I was much more equipped. And this was pre-COVID. And also, when I had my first child, Robert, it was very odd to me. And I mean, I had had a C-section, so I was sort of knocked out. But Mm -hmm. they came into the room that night. I'd given birth at 8 p.m. at night. And I think I had finally fallen asleep sometime after midnight You know, in a deep sleep because I was very tired. And my husband was holding my child, and they had come in and asked to take him to get a hepatitis B vaccination. Mm-hmm. Then, and they just said, "Oh, we're going to take him for his Hep B vaccine." And so my husband was like, "Wait, mm-hmm. that's a sexually transmitted disease,
0: right?
2: Why are you taking my son in the first 24 hours of his life to get this?" And I was knocked mm-hmm. out. Of, you know, <laughs>
0: did, your, did your husband stand his ground at that moment, say, "No, we're not doing it"?
2: Yes, he did. Amen.
0: I woke up. God bless I mean, your husband.
2: Uh, An hour or two hours later, my husband holding my son in the very same position, basically, that I had fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. And he had his phone in his hand and he had spent the last two hours researching vaccines. And he looked at me and I mean, I was so extremely exhausted, as you can imagine, and hardly.
0: Very vulnerable. Uh, Post-surgery, yes.
2: Yeah, and I had a friend who recently went through this, and her son had a very strong reaction to the vaccine in that 24 hours, and he's Mm -hmm. still having struggles with it, and she said, you know, I was out of it, and they took my child, and she's very upset about it, and my husband researched, and from then on, we took a different path, we started researching yeah. And we started questioning things. And we were not those people. You know what I mean? It's just the fact that they came and tried to take their child, and not tell us even what they were trying to take him for. And yeah. they say, "Oh, this is totally normal." And my husband just didn't feel good about it. So that sort of started us on this journey. But then yeah. I'd also have that whole like, you know, free market background, quote unquote, looking at economies, and I saw how the pharmaceutical industry worked, and. So I guess God just put us in these places that led mm-hmm. to where we are now because I wouldn't take any credit for, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I was just learning along the way.
0: Yeah. Well, Emerald, uh, kudos again to you and your husband for standing your ground. I mean, uh, standing up to the authoritarian bullies in medicine, again, whether they mean well or not is something that we we must learn to be able to do. And we've, we've placed them on an exalted level like they're M-deities, and that's not appropriate. They're human beings as fallible as any of us. They've just had schooling in a particular direction as what we know now. It's basically in drugging and vaccinating, primarily, unless you're a surgeon, then it's cutting. And so, uh, you know, my kids have been raised differently than I was raised because I was raised in a medical pharmaceutical family. And my wife was as well. And uh, we've raised our children organically with no vaccines. They've not even had an antibiotic. And my son is 22 and my daughter is 17. And it's not like they haven't had infections. They have, it's a normal part of growing up, but we've never had to resort to a toxic drug for that. And that is something that I think most doctors, if they admit it, honestly would say, well, I wish we could use less or not at all. It's not like they want to, but the fact is their training limits them. And if they start to go this direction, as we've seen in COVID, um, the Peter McCullough's of the world, some of the top flight doctors on the planet are attacked viciously. And, and, you know, they try to convince you, well, these are not real doctors anymore. Somehow they, you know, they've lost their way. Yeah. All right. We're about on a break here. So, uh, thank you, Brighton.tv. on TV. can you hang out for a few more minutes bonus round? God bless you. Thank you for being here. The power to heal is yours. We'll be right back. All right, let's start the bonus round. I I, normally don't hold guests over into it, but I, I thank you, Emerald, for hanging in because I felt like we were hardly getting warmed up and I lost track of time. Uh, with our simulcast, but uh, Emerald again, uh, having reporters, investigative journalists. I mean, this is a part of, you know, why did I decide as a, a natural medicine guy to go into the broadcast media? And I felt like, well, I knew none of this growing up, you know, in in America. I'm like, I've got to tell my fellow Americans what they missed and how important this is for their very lives, much less their health. And you know, it's converged in in a COVID crazy few years where I said, you know, our one of our greatest vulnerabilities is our fear of germs, and Yet, you know, what I learned in natural medicine is like germs aren't really even the cause of disease. We got to have a strong immune system. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And yet to say those things is heresy, which means our country has a state-sanctioned religion in violation of the First Amendment, and it's not Christianity or Judaism. It's the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. Mm -hmm. You know, here we've seen it play out. People have more cult-like, religious-like devotion to medicine than they do just about anything else.
2: No, I think you're right. But it makes sense, right? Because there's a lot of things that will move people. But there's nothing that will move people like fear. Mm-hmm. If there is a fear of sometimes it's not them getting sick, but their loved ones getting sick. And them being the cause of them getting sick, which is what COVID played on. And I will also say that they played well into parent guilt over the years. And this is what we experienced when we were trying to make our own independent decisions for our children. Is that oh you're a bad parent if you don't do this. Why wouldn't you do this? All the parents are doing this. And so whether a parent has instinctive reservations, which most parents do, right? Because there's instinct mm-hmm. as a parent. You kind of feel inherently when something is not right for your child. And this is not speaking as a reporter, this is speaking as a person. And yet what I experience is that they try to ridicule you for that and use the expertise label to say, you don't know what you're talking about. We do and give you that guilt. So I think it's important for other people to hear, for parents to hear from medical professionals like yourself. Also, people like me who are Mm -hmm. researchers, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm not a medical professional, but what I do all day is research, right? Yeah, And you can ask what I went through um, my whole experience.
0: Amazing questions that bring people to thought forms that, of course, violate certain edicts and limitations because there's an agenda. And that's what the you know, fourth estate in, medicine, in media, I shall say, was supposed to be. And it became part of the establishment outside of the renegades and heroes, I, you know, I'd say in media that are actually investigative journalists that are willing to risk it all to, you know, to get to the story, the bottom line. What is the cause here? What's really going on? And so, again, that tenacity that you've shown is, you know, it's it's quite astonishing. I wish it were the norm, but in, in journalism, it's the rarity. You know, that's why I appreciate what you're doing. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Well,
2: thank you. What does concern me, though, is that there's still, there's been an awakening, but there's such an adherence to the experts, right? The quote, yep. unquote, experts. Yes. And i experience experienced that even in my own family. And it's kind of hard to watch because people are afraid to ask questions for themselves. And I will tell every person listening, you kind of know what's best for you. You feel it in your heart. You have your own discernment. You have logic. We look at people in Congress and sometimes you think, oh, well, they're there. So they must know better. One thing I learned from being in Washington, D.C., Robert, is they don't know better. Oh, they don't know better.
0: It's embarrassing how much they don't know, in fact, about basic things that we look to like, well, they should know better because they're in a position of authority or power. And yet it's a disaster, as we've seen. If we ran our own families, like government runs its business, so to speak, you know, we'd all be dead. I mean, we, we couldn't survive, you know, childhood. Our parents would be so inept. And yet we still look to those institutions and think they can correct the problems that they've actually contributed to or actually caused.
2: Yeah. yeah, Or it'd be like some bad soap opera, right? Where mm-hmm. they're trying to get to the top. So you just kill people off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're, exactly. they're, but the pharma dollars are big. And mm-hmm. pharma and and you know, and I will say even like energy was a big, you know, lobbyist in DC, a very powerful lobby, but pharma is sort of the biggest
0: it dwarfs them all. Yeah.
2: The dollars are just, they're unending there. And this was even pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Imagine now when you take a company like Moderna that was totally in the red and is now, you know, billions of dollars in the surplus. Mm-hmm. This was pre even that. So when you think about the dollars and the influence, and it's not just one side of the aisle, as we know, yeah. it's both sides of the aisle. It is yeah, they're, so hard they're all someone who speak out against the pharmaceuticals. They'll always hedge. And even the ones who seem like they're sort of like, oh, well, you should make your own choice. They're sort of hedging, right? Mm-hmm. Pharma dollars even play into small races, mm-hmm. is something that I've learned. Small, very small races. They have a huge influence and in everyone. I just wish everyone knew that as they were trying to filter the information that they're receiving from mm-hmm. different outlets on a daily basis.
0: So Emerald, speaking of different outlets, for those that are new to you that don't know about you yet on the Robert Bell Show audience, how do they watch you regularly? How often do you do a show? Where is it at? That kind of thing. So people can follow you.
2: Well, sure. I do a daily show on Frank speech and you can find it at frankspeech.com. You can also download it for your Roku device or on Apple TV. There's a Frank's speech app. I broadcast daily at noon. There is a replay. That's Eastern time. Okay. There's a replay at 4 p.m. Eastern. But also, um, I would say I like people to see what I'm talking about and be able to go and do their own research. That's something that I learned. I think is very important. And so I, I put a lot of my research on my Substack, And that is emerald, D as in dog, D as in boy, 3.substack.com. Mm-hmm. And I put out something there every day or every other day. And then you can follow me on Getter or Truth Social. I'm still not back on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but Getter and Truth Social. But I think Substack is a great place and great speech to follow me.
0: Excellent. Well, We've been banned on Twitter for a time, and then we're back, and uh, we're banned on oh. uh, YouTube and Spotify. They don't like us, uh, but everywhere else, we, we still have access, thankfully, but we don't count on it. That's why we just let it out wherever it can get to. So EmeraldDB3.substack.com, and Super Don has linked that in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com. Um, Emerald, how old are your kids now, or do you just have one?
2: Oh, I have two. They're Thanks. two and six. And so right. I'm in the stage with my two-year-old where she's just, she is, ex- you know, ex- she's exhibiting her own personality. She's yeah. she doing she the two-year-old tantrums that I did have with my six-year-old. So it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like to say that we could learn a lot from our two-year-olds as adult Americans and learn to say <laughs> no and mean it. Uh especially when it comes to authoritarians in government and media and medicine.
2: <laughs> oh, totally. That's a good way to put it. I'll think yeah. about that when she starts one and
0: to... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I've got again a lot of folks I'd love to connect you with. But if if I can do anything on on this end for you, help you keep those kids well, just reach out anytime. And uh again, appreciate what you're doing. We need more uh more people like yourself in in media. Uh, to hold their feet to the fire and not cower in fear to authority. Uh, that is, to me, one of the greatest things that we have in the origin of America is that we took on the ultimate authority on a planetary system-wide scale and said, uh-uh, no more. We're going our own way. And now many Americans are fighting to you know, have a system worse than what we uh, uh, left you know, at the crown of England way back when. So uh, we need more people that are living examples like yourself.
2: I think we're getting there. Um, I have hope and I appreciate what you do, Dr. Uh, Robert. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for hanging in there for a little bit of bonus round. So we get a little bit more of the the story behind what you're doing and why, and now everybody knows how to follow you and, and watch you. And again, anything else you want to break, uh, here, let me know. We'll do it. And, uh, we'll stay in touch if if you don't mind.
2: Sounds great. Thank you.
0: All right. Emerald Robinson. The Absolute Truth with Emerald Robinson. Again, at Frank's speech, he's got our sub stack. We've got our LinkedIn the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Thank you, Emerald. And uh, thank you all for being here. We've got a little bit more uh, time in the bonus round with Super Don. We'll just see if we can connect on on that and chat, see what's in the chat room as well. Questions, comments of the day. We also have- not
1: Emerald Robinson. Hold on.
0: No, you're not. Yeah, you got to change that. You did that on the fly, right? That was so cool. It was still a little clunky, yeah.
1: but yeah. I, I I'm getting there. I
0: realized there. what you yeah. had to do, so I didn't like immediately <laughs> call it out. Right but we now. did it. Yeah, yeah, we did it. That was great. Um, but yeah, that, that I lost track of time. I was like, oh good lord! I was just starting to warm up and ask questions, and like we're out of time on on So hopefully, we didn't go too far over. No, we're fine. You know, we're okay. All right, good. Um, let's we see. are
1: good. So anyway, good show today.
0: Yeah, it went fast. Yes, it did. It went fast. I think there was so, another. Uh, uh, up, upcoming event that maybe in March now. Oh, is there? it? I Let don't have just it. just check my email that we can add to it. Hold on. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, it's April. April 21st and 22nd. BeHealthyUtah.com. We got that event. Uh, and okay. I'll get that info. I'm going to forward it to you. There's also a, apparently an early bird special. And it's like, really, you talk about the expense of going to events. This one's like dirt cheap. Combo special for only like twenty seven bucks if you want to attend that. That's April twenty first, twenty second, and it looks like it'll be back in Sandy, Utah. Let me forward this to you, Super D. We can add that to the yeah. upcoming events list as we learn. I about will do that. Let me get that in there to you, and there it goes. All right. So what else did we miss? Any comments, questions, right. anything else, announcements? I'm just
1: going to go over this one last time because I want to make sure people. I, I just yeah. I was too.
0: Show it, yeah. Show it too.
1: Yeah. Scrambled uh, trying to trying to do it earlier, but there's the uh, the, the new banner for the new Tuttle Twins. Uh, special that's going on today for Cyber. So uh, no, excuse cyber me, Cyber Security Monday. Monday. <laughs> cyber Monday today, so that's fifty percent mm-hmm. off of the free market principles curriculum, mm-hmm. and then uh, everything else is still going. The cardio miracle special, the holiday bundle is still going. The super mush bundle, which is the uh, the mushrooms, uh, mm-hmm. is going. Uh, Nutritional frontiers is still doing their Black Friday Cyber Monday sale. And okay. that's fifteen percent off everything on the entire line, including the CBD. But you have to call in for that. Yeah. Uh, but then you also get the additional fifteen percent off at the top of that with the promo code RSB on checkout. Okay. Uh, for Sigmatic, which is the mushroom coffee, which many, many, many people love, uh, that Ooh. is uh, still going on right now. The uh, Safe Sleeve EMF radiation protection uh, device is uh, t- is still on special today. The whole tones is still doing on uh, their special for Cyber Monday. Yeah. Um, now this one here, this is the Silverite pillow. Now when we had Lisa Hill on last week, she said this was going to go until Christmas, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I think, and I asked her to do that right on the air. I put her on the spot. She right. was awesome though. She's so she's so lovable, and she says the RSB twenty two code gets you the Silverite pillow for ninety nine bucks instead of one forty nine. That's like seriously. That's let me what? tell you
1: something let okay. me tell you just this 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 just happened over the weekend uh mm-hmm. i I had been using a bamboo pillow, okay, which is and you know you know what those are they they, they have the, the the bamboo, and um my wife was using the Silverite pillow that we got okay. she stole it from me when I got it oh I didn't back in the it. day when when everyone yeah. I got it I was like, oh well, whatever she was having yeah. trouble sleeping um mm-hmm. and so I was like, here you go, you know, because that's what yeah. we do right yes of course um us non-narcissist husbands. Yes. And so uh, she, uh, apparently it's gotten kind of like compacted and it needs more K-POC, right? Okay. Yeah. So I need to get some more. But in the meantime, she, she's been t- switching over to a different pillow. And so I was like, you know, this bamboo pillow hasn't been working for me really well. I, I've been oh. getting a neck ache and all that stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and just take this back now. Yeah. Um, and I've been using it the last couple of nights over the weekend. Dude, what a difference.
0: Yeah, isn't it amazing?
1: Seriously. I mean, and it's like, it's like, it's probably as like deflated as like what you use normally that you've described mm-hmm. on the air. Yeah. It's like a deflated balloon, but yes. I've managed to kind of like bunch it up, you know, like kind of like, you know, exactly. so that it, it, yeah. And oh man, like over the weekend I got better sleep than I've gotten in a really long time. It's like, it really is. It's a great pillow. And so this is, is, like, and this is a great deal.
0: This is not hype and marketing. No, I'm, it's not. I, it's I swear. So for
1: real. Uh, we no. don't BS on this show. <laughs>
0: If you haven't tried the Silverite pillow, good Lord. And the thing yep. is that the deal it is, plus everybody that uses this discount code between now or last week when it started and Christmas, we're going to enter you in to a giveaway somewhere between Christmas and New Year's. We're going to do a drawing for everybody that ordered for an additional pillow for, for free. a second pillow. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And as well as any of the it other really products, awesome. like it's RSB20 for any of the other products you get yep. discounts as well. All
1: right, so, so uh, moving on. Synergy Science is still doing sales. And those are awesome sales. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. thousands of dollars off on some of these bundles that they're doing mm-hmm. uh, with the with the water systems. Uh, Sovereign Silver is doing a Cyber Monday, which is uh, and it's basically the same thing they were doing on Friday.
0: Which bundles, yeah,
1: is, yeah, bundles on that one, and of course the Touchstone Essentials. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent.
1: So anyway, take advantage of that. You've got till midnight tonight to uh, take advantage of those specials.
0: Yeah, and I think about the uh, all the cool gifts and things you could be thinking about giving. Uh, up there in the uh, show notes or on the page, there's this beautiful limited edition silver oh, yeah. uh, commemorative, if you will, yeah. limited edition. It's for health freedom, and it supports our mission here. So if you guys want to take advantage of that, uh, and take a look. It's a big banner at, at the show notes uh, or at the Robert Scott Bell Show page, robertscottbell.com. Uh, shout out to Orange Guard as well. Even in the winter, you guys need some delimony to keep the uh, the pests away indoors, primarily. And it's uh, something that you can get at orangeguard.com or your local um, ACE hardware or Whole Foods or just direct orangeguard.com. Maybe if it's on Amazon, uh, that could be the case. Lori says
1: try running it in the dryer, it fluffs up real good. I've done that several times, but I think okay. it's just it just after sleeping af- on it after wow. a while, it just it does get compacted. And that's why they do provide the uh the additional We'll
0: get you some more K bok. K
1: Pok that you can, that you can another, put in there.
0: Hello. Yeah. That'll be
1: awesome. Maybe you can just send me some of yours since you're not using it.
0: Well, yeah, that could be the case.
1: But we'll talk at least. Did, with Lisa did you more. toss it
0: out? No, I think we have it stored as easy enough. Okay. But I, I'm sure Lisa will get get us some more as well.
1: I'll call, yeah, I'll just say, hey, look, check it out. Yeah. I don't I don't need a pillow. I just need K-pop.
0: Yeah, so, but I'm going to tell which her I thing.
1: love saying K-pop. It sounds like a K-pop. Vulcan from
0: Star Trek, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Commander yeah. like like K-pop. K-pop, grandfather to Spock or something. K-pop. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <I> mean, <laughs> oh my God. Leslie says, "How are you liking your new dust I love it."
0: Yeah. The stand up is awesome. It looks I great. Do. On you. I
1: I love it. Now I'm still getting used to it and I've been yeah. shopping around, trying to find a good stool that yeah. I can use for the, uh, for that. I was just, in fact, I was just talking with somebody just a few minutes ago on, on Facebook marketplace Yeah, that had I'm one not, that's two feet tall. And I'm like, I don't think that's tall enough. tall enough. No, no, I, it's gotta know. be taller than two feet. Yeah. But I'm um, looking for a stool that I can, I can kind of relax on because the, the lower back and the feet are not used to it yet, but
0: the, I'm the other thing it. is, um, you know the fact that you can stand up is partly due, or significantly due to donations. Is it yes, not? indeed? That allowed us to to be able to get you some things, including the,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the Rodecaster Pro, and also it's funny you sent me something this morning, and you know we have some donations that you guys have thrown our, our way to get things, get us up to speed on technology. And Super Don, I've been thinking about anything but you getting you up to speed because I want to get you a, another desk eventually too. But again, it's below that, right? So it's more solid and stable. Yeah, it's,
1: it's high. It's lower on the to, on the uh, the but list you, of
0: priorities. You sent me a thing for a, a additional HD camera for yes. the show, and I thought, oh, he needs that. I immediately with the donations went out and bought <laughs> it for you. And five minutes later, you're like, no, that's for you. That's I'm for not, you. Wait,
1: and the reason so, it's for you is because, uh, I don't know, it was a few months ago, we were talking about uh, adding a uh, different element to the show. Because when you had, I forget where you were, mm-hmm. where were you? I think you. it was when you were at Casey Krejci's place, wasn't oh, it? I, and you couch. were kicking back on yeah, the exactly. couch on his yeah. back porch. And I was like, wow, you know that. And, oh, and then yeah. there was another one. You were on the couch in a hotel room or something like that. Yeah, Everybody seemed but to
0: like that. You like that too. On the, on the sofa,
1: sofa. Leslie says yeah. on the sofa. And yeah. and yeah. And, and I was like, really, you know, it was a whole different energy. It was very kind of chill and yeah. laid back, conversational, more than normal.
0: Yeah, and I'm so, looking at, see over there, there's that nice little comfy chair. That's there. right. Um, setting up a table there. And you were saying, we got to set up another microphone. Yeah. or a camera with a microphone and do a chill version of the show sometimes. Yeah. Uh,
1: or the, stuff. in the bonus round, you go kick back right. in the recliner and we just, just kind of have a, a little chat, you know? I, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of
0: cool. I like that idea a lot. And so I wasn't thinking about it when you said you put this on the list and I'm like, no. So I had to correct it and they're going to ship it in. So yeah. we'll be one step closer to doing the, the, the chill Scott Bell show. So the Robert Scott right. Bell show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So anyway, thank you all for uh, that. I was just thinking I sent you that desk, potentially. You put that on the wish list if you want, uh, as long as it's available. Anyway, that was a good deal. But there's some stuff you can get factory seconds or returns and stuff. We, we tend to like to buy stuff. You know, we don't have to have it shiny and new. We want it to mm-hmm. be more functional. Just functional, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for Leslie.
1: That. Leslie says you could be like Mr. Rogers when you go. We'd have to come up with a theme song as, you, as you're walking over to the The Chair, it's It's probably more like the neighborhood. You can flip your sneaker up in the air and catch it and put it on your foot and change your sweater.
0: I tend to like the Mr. Robinson's neighborhood a little better, but you know, yes, remember that I do. That was uh Eddie
1: Murphy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. fireside chat.
0: Mm -hmm. Murdoch says, Yes, yeah, very good. How's it going, Murdoch? Let's see what else is going on in the chat room there. Dude, that first hour was amazing. Yeah, you know, that you shared that story. Thank you for doing that. Because, you know, it's very unusual, as as uh, uh, Meredith had said, for a- anybody that has any narcissistic tendencies to ever break free of it and, and you just self-reflect like you did in the midst of all of that. Again, it it goes to your your real character. You know, you broke out of it, and she said most people don't. Yeah. So you're like one in a million. Wow, well,
1: one in a million, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a, a crappy period of time that yeah. I, I think back on, you know, but at the same time, there was, there's a lot that I gained from that. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is to be able to talk about it, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, you know, on the one hand, you're just like, I don't want to even think about that. you know, that, that was yeah. just like, you know, but, but, you know, it's like, it was, it, it, it was a, um, a good Bad experience, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? Well, you know, it's it
0: indelible and in, in it marked into your DNA what you don't want to do or be. So from that perspective, you're grateful for it. But, yeah, you look back and you cringe and go, oh, wow. Well, That's and,
1: awesome. I, you know, it's important to me mm-hmm. in this conversation that was being had today mm-hmm. uh, to recognize. Because if you if you recall, you know, before we went on air, we were chatting with yeah. with Meredith. Yeah. And I asked her the question. I was just like, "So, so your 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 a calling in life is to help people that have been a victim mm-hmm. of a narcissistic partner." Mm-hmm. She says yes, and I said, "Okay, so what do you do to help the narcissist?" <laughs> and she said, "The basically to, they're, they're beyond nothing. help. No, problem. no, nothing. We you you can't." And I was just like, mm-hmm. "To me, it's like I get it. I understand what she's saying." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, those people, and even she even said so, you know, when mm-hmm. she in in her in, during the interview, uh, yeah. those people quite often don't know what it is that they're doing. They don't realize what it is that they're doing, yeah. and so having been somebody that kind of figured that out on my own, and you know, understand, I I wasn't a, an axe murderer or something. I just. Mm-hmm. I just really had some, some serious character flaws. Okay. Uh, And I, and I I didn't know, I didn't realize it, you know? Um, And so those, you know, those people out there that, that are doing those things, it doesn't, I'm not condoning what it is that they're doing uh, by Mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, they're also human beings too and they need help. And so it's like, I, I was just, I asked her, I said, so what, you know, and and Mm -hmm. she, you know, she said nothing but you know there has to be something out there that at least yeah. that you know is is there for for people like that to uh to help them out because they do need it. Now granted no, it again yeah. if they don't want it yeah you can't force them to, right? Well, and you, and somebody here's who's
0: question I have for you on that front. Yeah. How many people with narcissistic tendencies or full on narcissists have you ever met like yourself that broke free of it? Have you do you know anybody by name personally? Yeah. No. Yeah. So as much as you have empathy and sympathy for those that are doing it unconsciously, I would think you could point to somebody that was like you was in that and left it. We don't see many people. And she said it. She's like, most people just die and they never, never break free of it. And I'm not saying it can't be done because you're a living example that it can be. But does anybody else know of someone that broke free of it? Like super Don, that's a, it's an interesting question. That could be a poll question.
1: I mean, there has to be. I mean, there's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, of all the humanity, I'm sure, but where are they? Does anybody else know of someone? I'm curious by that because it might be, you know, you're like one in a million. Maybe you're one in a billion.
1: <laughs> ah, I don't think so.
0: I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> we had some uh, uh, question, poll question suggestions, I think, from our um, supporter that took an issue with one of our topics we covered in, in the second hour on urine therapy, right? Yeah. And so it'll be an interesting poll question of the day when you have time to do it as uh, Hey, what, what topics are, you know, you would like, no, you better not cover. That'd be an interesting <laughs> response from our audience. See what that would be. Okay. Well, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do that to tomorrow. You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you've got to work on the newsletter, right? To get out for today. And yeah,
1: I mean it's pretty much done. I just need to okay. send it out. So I think I've already got a different poll question on there for today. But okay, my uh, daughter
0: just texted me. I got to go get her at school.
1: Okay, so. we've got a uh, phone call here in forty About minutes. Okay. Yeah,
0: so so I'll be ready for that.
1: Okay, well, guys, geez, happy Monday! Thank These you guys, for tuning in.
0: Thanks for having a great time with us. I had a great time with you. And go Niners! Super Don, your team won again yeah they won yeah, they're
1: doing good they're 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 leading in um i have no team anymore in their division. oh well you can always you can always <laughs> root for the uh, i will adopt the super don team the detroit America. lions or something yeah
0: no all right i'm gonna run you guys have fun uh wrapping up the show thanks for being here share the show and uh take advantage of the cyber or whatever deals that are out there and uh god will we'll be back less than 22 hours from now all right talk to you guys tomorrow